Many people have suggested that we cut down the lunch break by 15 minutes so that we end at 5 o'clock. Yeah? Good, yeah. Apparently there isn't, uh, there isn't, uh, there aren't many places to shop around here. Mm-hmm. The bookstore only. No? Um, so that's that. So one, one, whenever we finish for lunch, uh, stop for lunch, the break is for one hour, 15 minutes. Yeah. The, um, the other question that was asked of the training is how long is it? Um, I'm, I'm just doing one year of it. So 12 days. And then, if there's interest, I'll do the second level. That's about it. I, I, don't, I don't want to go beyond that. Uh, it's, you know, what I'm trying to do is to teach people who, are, who have clinical experience, who can pick things up quickly. Mm-hmm. A good way to um, bring these three dimensions in, starting with the body. And, um, and uh, you know, we, we did it in... Um, you know, I, I'm teaching it in, of all the places. I started to teach the training for the first time in Russia. Interestingly, they have a good energy tradition. And in Moscow, they, they're hungry, so they take every training that comes through town. And so it's actually wonderful to have a class of about 80, 85 people there who, are, who have been doing the work for a long time and to see what their response is. So... Um, you know, body-oriented therapists and non-body-oriented therapists, energy healers with psychological, uh, you know, psychological interest and so on. So it was nice. So we'll do one year and then we will see. That's my approach. You know, so not not beyond two years. You know, so and um, writing a book about it. So hopefully we'll be ready in a year at least, year or two. Okay. So all that I've done, said this morning, can be summarized in five sentences. <laughs> how do, one, how do we bring the dimensions of body, energy, that is the subtle body, and awareness into day-to-day psychological work? Yeah. Um, in such a way that... Um, that it's simple to understand mm. and, 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 and adapt to different psychological trainings you have had. Mm. That's, that's key. Mm. And um, the second thing is that uh, maybe fewer sentences than five. Mm. The second thing is that, that um, you know, the That the that the, uh, we will u- we'll use emotions as an example because that's what we end up working with a lot. Even when we work with post traumatic stress, we are working with emotions. So, um, so using that general term, we're going to tackle a variety of problems, and we said that it can be divided into different um, um, levels or aspects. And we talked about primary emotions. And then tertiary emotions, bodily states that make psychological sense, that get ignored often. Literature does a much better job than psychotherapy does. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. 
Poetry does a much better job than psychology does of capturing those things. And, and um, a com- very often it's a combination of these levels. And, um, and straight, states of stress and dysregulation are there, contributing to these emotions, the formation of these emotions. You can't have anxiety without dysregulation of the heart area. Right? Or high fear without that. Yeah, just part and parcel of the thing. Or it can be there as legitimate experiences. You know, just add, add more and more clients than you can plan. Start planning something. You know, a vacation. You start planning. You want to do that. You want to do that. Then what happens? Oh, I feel tired. I need a vacation. Mm. <laughs> the stress it tells you. The emo- it's an emotional response of stress. Tells you over planning. Mm. And uh, or more importantly, it can be a symptom of the lack of ability to process because of lack of inner and outer support, mm-hmm. leading to psychophysiologic disorders. And post-traumatic stress disorder, now we are saying is, by and large, what? A psychophysiologic disorder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me, this, yeah. So what we're going to do, is, you know, we, I also said that emotions, something, some quick things about emotions, they're generated physiologically, according to science, in the brain, in the nervous system physiology, or the rest of the body, or what? In both places at the same time, but regardless what, they're total body phenomena. If they're not, there is some, trunca- there is some problem. Because we often learn how to generate and express emotions like people around us. It makes no sense. You feel sadness only in the face. Or in your heart. It makes no sense. The rest of the body is feeling good. Makes no sense. Because the body is shut down. By shutting the body down, what do we do? We push away emotions. So a lot of body psychotherapy is about opening the body. right? But opening the body has to be done in such a way that um, resilience has to be created. That is... The physiology is as minimally dysregulated as possible. If you think in terms of the emotions coming from the subtle body, it's much more uh, easy to imagine why the body can, physical body can be a container. The opening up of the far body more leads to what? Better containment of emotions, yeah, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah. So what I'm going to do in terms of the demonstration that I'm going to do is to essentially work with somebody's symptoms. And I'm going to focus on emotions. I might have to say things cognitively, depending on the client. Because emotional work is not just body container. It can be behavioral. Like if you don't, if you're not feeling confident in life, you might have to get a job. <laughs> right? Or you might have to think, change the idea that only you're the victim, the only, you're the most special victim in the world. Does that make sense? Or you might have to change the idea that life is always about happiness, one should never feel sadness. So emotional work is sometimes cognitive, sometimes it's behavioral, right? And sometimes it's um, psychiatric. For example, sometimes people's Physiology is dysregulated, right? 
are damaged, then it might need ongoing chemical intervention. So we are not dismissing any of those possibilities. They're there. But, but focusing on the more common problem of inability to access and tolerate expand using the physical body as a container while trying to create a better uh, regulation. Yeah, that's what I'm going to be demonstrating. This gentleman had a question. Can you bring the mic here? It's amazing where you're sitting, always near somehow. <laughs> Thank you for taking the question. Um, I'm a little fuzzy on the distinction between stress and dysregulation. Yeah. And I wanted to ask, can you experience stress without dysregulation as one way to try to illuminate it? You know, stress we experience every day. We turn left on that road there, we go through a little <laughs> bit of stress. <laughs> Have you had that? After a great meditation, they retreat, you know, you're back in life very quickly. I think that's why they have that there. Hmm? So, um, so stress is a thing. The, the question, you know, and dysregulation is also quite regu- you know, regular. So I think we're talking here probably about um, extreme states. Yeah, I think... I would normally write states of extreme dysregulation and extreme stress rather than states of stress and dysregulation. Yeah. So, yeah. We know that extreme stress, prolonged stress leads to dysregulation in that it actually changes the structure of the physiology as well as the processes. Hmm? Right? Then we do have that. Hmm? So, yeah. Yeah. But there is a tendency now to view stress and dysregulation as unhealthy. And that somehow could be what? Eliminated. Through stress, you know. That, that, and it's true that we have a lot more, lot more stress than before, and it needs to be managed, but um, it's something that we have to live with. So I hope that it did not uh, it confused you further. Yeah. Uh, so as I ask this question in front of this group of people, I feel stressed. Yeah. Am I dysregulated? Okay. No. I'm, Good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if I do, yeah. Yeah, for a moment, my sadism was not up. Yeah, so I think stress has to be, you know, stress is just part of life. And I think that um, Hans Selye, Hans Selye, the father of stress, made it very clear. He called, see, any time we subject the organism to an experience, it is stressful, right? So the stress from, um, the demand is made on the physiology, for positive experiences and negative experiences. And he called the stress from positive experiences oi stress, EU stress. Hmm? Yeah, European Union stress. Hmm? So, my marriage. Hmm? So, mm-hmm. uh, so, so, 
but and the and the and the and the stress from bad experiences he called distress distress and uh, of course the distress and if it either thing prolongs itself either thing prolongs itself like a party that you overstay you know leads you it can lead to dysregulation right so from for example lack of sleep one you know great you're having great fun not enough sleep what happens you get dysregulated actually for a week mm-hmm. yeah so okay uh any other questions before i do a demo yeah isn't really what you're referring to is uh non integration something that that has not yet been fully integrated and uh needs to be so it, if it's sustained then it turns into a um a dysfunction of sorts yeah like that. I, that is true but i'm saying that stress is common right. for example if i'm able to um at the end of the day willing to make conscious the stress i have right suffer a little bit i'm much better off than when i don't want to right yeah um and sometimes i yeah that's the idea I think that the basic attitude is is the following, no? That we have to be willing to normalize and accept that we suffer. <laughs> that we shouldn't attempt to make all suffering go away through some clever process. <laughs> yeah? That is pathological. <laughs> Because it's informative. These negative states are informative. and um, and you can cannot avoid them so i think buddha said that i don't think that he has been contradicted yeah. and and but the thing is that we are as human beings you know as organisms are aversive to dysregulation stress and what displeasure you know we are because it's a survival thing I think that's what we have to counter through cognition perhaps with the understanding that yeah, yeah. because if what the moment I start to say I don't want to deal with it hmm? it shouldn't be there then I'm in trouble hmm? so so let me uh look at the sheets here quickly Okay. Who is um Jean Powell? Is it Jean? Jean, yeah? Jan. Jan, okay. Jan. Would you like to do a little bit of work? Yeah. Let's collapse this and put this away. one of the ideas that i will use we will we will would somebody help wire her up please while i make a few statements to the class i can yeah uh perhaps one of the you work here no you work? Oh, good okay. again <laughs> 
<laughs> because <laughs> because the sound system can be very sensitive. Mm? It used a lot of high vibration here. Mm? The see if you if you if you just look at the physical body, no? Let me throw a simple idea out there. The for the body to be optimally regulated or minimally dysregulated, no? what needs to happen? You need to have the information between the nervous system physiology and the non-nervous system physiology go both ways, right? So if I want, if I want my foot to be regulated, the information needs to come from the foot to my brain, and the information needs to go from my brain to the foot. I'm just talking about the physical scientific body. I also need the other thing, for the blood to go from my heart to my foot, and my foot to my heart, right? And if you think of your body in layers, no? simple layer is brain and the, the, the nervous system physiology is one, you know, the brain and the spinal cord and all the nerves that go into the rest of the body is first layer, hmm? like an octopus, you can pull it up, hmm? right? The nervous system body. Then you can think of organs, hmm? glands, and the blood vessels as a second layer. Hmm? Right? It's based more on the organs here, and then the, the blood vessels all go throughout the body. Most of the glands are here. Hmm? Then you can put everything else into the third layer. Hmm? What else? Muscle, bone, skin, you know, ligaments, tendons. You can push them all into the third layer. Right? So if you want to generate, a, let's say, you, you want to, the body to be regulated, you need the flow of information through the nervous system back and forth across the layers. The blood supply also across the layers. Does it make sense? It's a simple idea. So whatever you do, you have to, you, you're creating, generating, subjecting the body to an emotion. You're generating it, a dysregulating emotion, What's going to happen there? Things are going to dysregulate, get stressed. That's not good, right? If you cannot tolerate it, what, what's likely to happen is that things are going to shut down. When you shut down, what's going to happen? The information is not going back and forth. You can't feel your emotions, even if you're generating them. The information has to go there. It's not regulating well. When the body is not regulating well, what is the likelihood that you'll be able to tolerate the emotion? Less, no? So, a simple idea you can hold on to is, yes, I need to open the body up and create, you know, mirror the emotions, support the emotions, all that relational stuff I have to do, because that's important. You can't just say, sense your body and tell me what the emotions are. Hmm? Right? It doesn't work that way. Uh, as you do that, you need to open it up in such a way so that these flows are what? Maximized. When that happens, you not only have more of an access to what's going on, the body's generating more, but also what? It's the body is not what? As dysregulated. Yeah, that's the whole idea. But if you bring in the concept of the subtle body, right? Where the emotions are subtle in nature. So what are they trying to do? Find the physical space where they can be contained. So if the... Right? 
when you open it up, what's going to happen? You, you know, open it up, you're going to embody the subtle body more. And when you do that, you're going to embody the emotion more. Make sense? And the subtle body also has a great ability to regulate the physical body. That's what they do. A lot of work is energetic work at the pranic level is about regulating the subtle body. So, um, so opening the body also helps in that in that process. Yeah. So, um, so let's keep this. I'll repeat these ideas later, but I think that's going to be the basis. Yeah. Okay. So let me let me give you the sheet, and you can read what's written there. We don't have to talk about all these things. Oh, good. Uh, <laughs> But you know, I can I can point them out. Point them out. You can tell me what we can talk about, what we cannot talk about in public. You know? Yeah, just go ahead and read that. Yeah. So. Maybe we can face a little bit each other. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Can you guys see her? Now it's on? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay. I trust you. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, what work do you do? Yeah. I'm retired. You're retired. Mm-hmm. But what did you do before? You before I managed a group of technical people who okay. worked on computers. Okay. All and right. now I'm a life coach. Okay. So a real, real change. Okay. Life coach, professional, or you also give, providing them psychological support? Um, I help people who are moving from being employed to being retired, basically. Okay. That's, that's yeah. my niche. Stressful time. Pardon? Stressful time to go yeah, from... Yeah, th- for them it was... And I, I did it, I think, fairly successfully, so... Okay. I'm happy to help others. Yeah. Have you had therapy... Mm, probably a long time ago. Long time ago. Mm-hmm. Was it a specific thing that took you to therapy, or? Yeah, it was the end of my marriage. Okay. Okay. How many years ago was that? Eighty-three. Eighty-three. Okay. That's the year I came to the country. Yeah. Yeah, to the United States actually. Eighty-three. So, talk about completely. Uh, unrelated things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Does that? Um, you can sit back. You, oh. you, can, you can sit back. Yeah. 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 Um, Does it? How, how is it to sit here in front of all these people? Um, I don't think I'm. Disintegrating, but I'm stressed. Yeah. <laughs> now, how do you feel that? Um, is your heart beating fast, or how 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 do you feel that? Is it, I'm more like flushed. Flushed, yeah. Yeah. Is it discomfort in the body? Because stress is a discomfort yeah, in the body. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little bit tense. I think that's why I was sitting forward. Yeah, yeah. Is there unpleasantness in the body? As you yeah. Think, mm-hmm. Where do you notice that more? Right, like through here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
maybe you can move it a little bit. Yeah. You can do a lot with movement. In, 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 psychothe in psychotherapy, movement is the most underutilized uh, resource. Mm -hmm. That was devastating, the divorce. Yeah. 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 It seems to bring up sadness even now. Yeah. 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 So I felt sad also earlier. I just, um, yeah. And I'm really good at sad. You're really good at sad. Yeah. 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 See, that next. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> sadness in the terms of. It just Thank leads you. to tears, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You have children? I have adults. How <laughs> <laughs> many? I have two girls. Yeah. Do they accept the designation adults? Oh, yes. 40 and 43. I yeah. think so. It's no, time. do they accept? <laughs> Do they accept that they are adults? I think one b better than the other. No, yeah. 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 Where where else is the sadness as you uh, notice it? Yeah, so. I, it just really gets stuck. You yeah, know? stuck. No. Yeah. Where here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me want to slump. Yeah. A loss. It makes sense that when you have a partner, then you don't have a partner. Yeah, it's the, like all that a, abandonment stuff yeah, comes up. Yeah, it's like how a plant that's, um, you know, two plants that are growing together, right? Oh, you thought they were. Yeah, and then one goes, then it's like this. A, yeah. You know, the body feels that weakness, no? So, makes sense? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Now, as I sit with the and I talk to her, no? validate the experience and its intensity, I start to feel more energy running into my arms. I'm just, I'm just watching it. Could be blood flow. It could be subtle energy. You know, I'm not going to label it uh, concretely. And so I'm curious, right? So that I would call as an experience that's happening. Uh, in the intersubject, the field between us, in the in, in, with, with us. So, what is what do you notice in your arms? Yeah, you're right. I'm pushing. I'm doing some pushing. Yeah. So, as you do that, as if you did not push, what do you notice in your arms? You're talking about the energy, then. The... Oh, whatever, whatever. What do you notice in your arms? Do you feel warmth or cold, or is it more energetic, less energetic? Yeah. Yeah, it's um. It's, it's an energy and a tingling in my hands. Yeah, yeah, just noticing that. Huh? Yeah, that would be a good thing, right? The energy starts to flow outward, right? And uh, I also felt it in my legs too, a little bit. So I'm also noticing that. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I don't want to go away from the situation and the emotions that go with the situation, right? I could start tracking the body and then you know what can happen? The emotion and the dis uh, context of it can go recede far farther and farther into the distance. Yeah. 
So at least you have to, as a therapist, maintain that, hold on to that. Yeah. So, so uh, you've written that it's hard for you to feel emotions in the body. Yes. Yeah. And, and I have to tell you, that is not uncommon. You know, when unbearable emotions happen, uh, we shut the body down. Yes. And, you know, something like this can, can be such a big wound in the heart, right? And we shut it down. And then, it, you know, but then you can't completely shut down, right? Sometimes people are able to do that. Then they develop symptoms. But sometimes you can just cry about it. There's at least some relief. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So, so what I'm going to do is to help you to open the body up a little bit. Yeah? Um, by maybe moving your arms a little bit. Like this. Follow me. So it's almost like you know, you're know opening up the joints a little bit. Yeah, and the shoulder. So movement helps to what? Counter the constriction. Yeah. Uh, in the somatic nervous system, right? the muscular system. But it can also challenge the holding in the organs. Because if I'm moving my arms, I need to get my organs started to supply energy here. So I'm trying to open this area where one would expect, you know, And as I do that, I start to sense my heart more. And uh, what do you notice as you move the shoulders a little more? Mm -hmm. Oh, it's a little distracting. Yeah, but now because the movement is distracting. Mm -hmm. Now that you. We were just doing it as an exercise right. to open mm-hmm. your body, help open your body. But notice what is happening in your heart, for example. I mean, it's you know, this is really foreign for me. Yeah, I know. No, as you sense your heart, no, think of your ex-husband. What happens? Yeah, what happens? Maybe p- place a hand on your heart, no? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Does, it hurt? does it hurt? Yeah, I bet it does. It's probably the biggest hurt of in your life. Is that right? And, you know, for those of you tracking energy, you can sense a spiral like this in the heart area. If you just allow your body to move, it will do this. So it can come through. You don't have to be sorry. I'm sorry that you experienced that level of hurt.
Can you tell me a little bit about how it hurts? I thought I thought I was doing all the right things. bit piled on you know it's, this isn't the, this is the last one but not the first yeah yeah I know that's how it is no yeah many <clears throat> cuts in the heart and a yeah. big and a big cut and then the... you decide never again never again yeah never again yeah. really the heart cannot bear anymore yeah. well Look around. Maybe these people have not experienced as much hurt, but at least they have their own versions of it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you sense a little more energy in your legs? Legs. <laughs> the reason why I asked her that is because it's like I felt more connected. My energy system felt more connected with my body. You know, so it makes sense. Perhaps. Yeah. Take your time, just a sense, and we'll go further. Because when you have her, you know, the whole thing is going to go. It, the heart constricts, shoulders constrict, right? Then the energy also withdraws into the heart. So, makes perfect sense. It feels easier to breathe now. Good. Because sometimes people with excess grief can develop asthma, right? Or they can develop um, other cardiovascular disorders like. Uh, you know, arrhythmia, blood pressure symptoms. These are the range of symptoms we see with um, a broken heart sometimes. Not to mention the heart attack. What if you were to sit back and support <laughs> you, the back of your heart with the, with the chair? So what are you thinking when you look at people? Mm. A lot of support. Yeah. A lot of sympathy and empathy. Yeah. yeah. Virtual hugs. Does your whole body feel like crying? My whole body. No, I don't think so. No. Sometimes it feels it. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. Sometimes you know how it is. 
sad and you just want to cry, but you don't feel it's like almost every cell is crying. It's a cellular cry. It's like something opening up. Yeah, let it open up. See, when we can tolerate something using the body as a container, then we can see above it. Um, you know, you know this experience. I can live through it. Comes sometimes when I feel the feeling and tolerate it, even though while I'm feeling it, I think that I cannot. But somewhere along the line comes this idea that I can live through this. I can move beyond that. Otherwise, one gets stuck in the past. Yeah. And then the energy starts to come through. And we don't know what that would do. See, when I provide a container in my physical body, like the heart chakra opens and the energy starts to flood, it can lead to physical regulation, greater physical regulation, because the <coughs> pranic body has a blueprint of health of the physical body. That's why pranic healing is so very popular in India even now. And so we're trying to induce that while we're having a psychological process. And um, yeah, where are things opening up? Just um, feels like, like I said earlier, my lung, like my lungs are more open. Like yeah. there's some opening all the way through here. Yeah. Like some up through my neck. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So I continue to feel sad. And now the sadness for me is uh, everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, an echo of it is in the legs too. So what I do as a therapist, I just tolerate it. I sit with it. This is important to do. This we need friends to do that with us, families to do that with us, that they can share it with us somatically. So it's important. I feel a little less afraid. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I would ask you where you feel the fear. Mm -hmm. fear. Yeah. It's in your heart or belly or legs. Or Here. Here. Yeah, just maybe put a hand there. Mm -hmm. Because that's a very common area that gets constricted to push emotions back. All that you have to do to get get emotions to go away is to hold your breath. That's all you have to do. Like a diaphragm, if you constrict, it all goes away.
did you at some point think that you couldn't live, you didn't know how you would ever live through this? Yeah. Yeah. I planned by suicide. was so horrible yeah that he wanted to wipe consciousness out yeah so that it's not aware of this much suffering yeah yeah i'm so sorry mm-hmm. well i had a dream that <clears throat> i had taken the pills mm-hmm. and i woke up in a hospital and they had pumped my stomach yeah and um, i was in a lot of pain yeah. And they said they'd almost lost me. Yeah. And I realized then that I might not be successful. <laughs> the dream saved you. Yes. Yeah. God decided that you were not done with the work. Your other purposes. Mm. Does that make sense? What do you no- notice now as we talk about these things? I almost feel dizzy. Yeah, a lot. Just noticing that. Huh? Just noticing that. Looking around a bit uh, again. It's a lot. So we don't know whether the dizziness is because the emotion is overwhelming, it led to dis- dysregulation. Yeah? Or whether that is just part of that experience that it was so hard at the time mm-hmm. that you became very dysregulated. Mm-hmm. Maybe put a hand on your heart. Mm-hmm. So. You must have felt a lot of shame too, I imagine. I think so, yeah. It yeah. was, um, I was of the generation where if you were a good wife, you kept your husband. Yeah. So it's, yeah. If you just tried harder. So it, it can easily make you think and feel that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. And you kept thinking, I, if I can, if I don't... If need, only. If only, yeah. yeah. If only. If only. Does it hurt again? No. No. What do you notice in your body? I feel like I'm settling down, yeah, settling. Take, take your time. Coming back into my chair. Okay. Good. Mm-hmm. So just the touch here no, starts to help to regulate the body. So you start to regulate the heart through your self-touch, and, <coughs> and things start to come down, even though 
you're talking about very difficult things, you know, at the same time, shame and And um, sitting here, the resonance is going out of the body and then coming back into the body. It feels like that for me too. I become more present. You know? So you write that with the client. Yeah. It is sad, isn't it? It was so long ago, you know. It's yeah. like yeah. so many things in between. Yeah. Now, it's not, you know, remembering an emotion from a significant event doesn't mean that you're not healed from it. Right? But sometimes, you know, when parts of a body, a psyche are stuck, then when we open them up, then we feel them momentarily. Mm. Mm. So it can lead to a deeper level of integration. Yeah. 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 What is important is that the heart heals mm. and remains open. So if you feel the sadness or any emotion, try to feel it in as much of the body as possible. You can use your hand. Yeah. You can use your move, movement to open the body and hands where things are very difficult, especially the heart. Yeah, I like the motions. Because what happens is that when I can't bear something, I tend to do this. Yeah. Which then makes this whole area not so regulated, right? It's stuck in the... And then it also prevents the emotion from being present here. So then I feel it here. Right. And then it's unbearable. Then I, they, I might cry. And that doesn't, that's not satisfying either, other than to provide relief. So it might feel as though your body, whole body has been taken over by the sadness and that it might never leave, mm. right? Or the whole body is taken over by shame or the whole body is taken over by despair, mm. right? It's something you talked about, mm-hmm. the point of wanting to just go away. Go away. Yeah, and it might be there and you just know that you can all that you can do is to stay with it as long as you can, you know, and then something can shift. Otherwise, everything rolls up again, you know, yeah. and remains in place for a long time. Because I haven't gone through 
through it? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Not necessarily gone through it, just to feel it. And, oh, to uh, breath, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It's almost like use the whole body to digest. Mm. Mm. You can cook only so much here. Mm. Right. That kind of thing. So this kind of education is intuitive, and it makes sense to people. No? So it just draws the awareness next time they, you know, they might put their hand there. Yeah. Right? They might move a little bit and see whether they can sense it here. If it doesn't open up by itself. You're welcome. Thank you. I mean, it's not easy to come up here in front of all these mental health professionals. As Z said it, a mental unhealth professional. Thank you very much. Thank you. Take good care of your heart. Yes. Yeah? And, you know, dreams can come that can deepen your sadness, and that's okay, or despair or shame. Welcome it is like something that gives you an image to then embody the emotions through the body. Mm, that's good. And if it, they become too much, no? If they become too much, then it's not a bad idea to get talk to somebody or, you know, mm-hmm. go back to your therapist for a couple of sessions or more, you know. So keep that at the back of your mind. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Because the heart starts to move and we don't know where it will take you. Right? Uh-huh. The heart has a mind of its own. No? Uh-huh. Especially in the beginning when so much... You have, feel a lot of energy come through so we don't know what it's going to do. So, so. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to sit here for a moment? People might have questions. Okay. Yeah. Any questions? The, the hands over the hands. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Test, test. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going? Okay. Yeah. Um, first of all, thank you for that. And um, answer this to any degree you'd like, but I was very curious to hear a bit more about what you meant when you said you do sadness well. Hmm? I meant, I said? When you said, I do sadness well, right? Oh, um, it, I got, I think I got stuck in sadness. It was an allowable emotion as a child. Little girls don't laugh that loud or scream or whatever, but sad was okay. It was a familiar thing. And as an adult, I said I'd do it well. Um, I've been experimenting with other other flavors like happy and <laughs> anger. <laughs> anger. Oh no, I haven't gone there. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it when I say I do it well, it's a familiar yeah. it's a familiar emotion. I I know it well. And, and in general, unless you know for sure, because you know the client over time, whatever emotion is there, you tend to what? You create a capacity in that dimension. Mm-hmm. And then things can move. Mm-hmm. 
then you look at what other emotions are not there. Mm -hmm. and, then, and you inquire and then you proceed. Yeah. In the back. I just have a question for you, Raja. I was wondering how much you share with your clients about your own experience in your body. I noticed you were doing that. I didn't know if that was um, for us or if, if you do share that no, experience. No, I do. I do. It's a way of... Um, it would depend on the client. Now, for example, if um, the client has had a lot of intrusion trauma, so developmentally, and they're afraid that you're imposing your experience on them, then you don't share as much. Mm -hmm. Or you can say, I feel this, what do you feel? You make a clear separation. Uh, otherwise, you know, you share, you know. I might even go to my own personal history and share that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the emotions are not there. For example, with her, the emotions were there. Mm -hmm. In some people, it's like, a, it's like a wasteland. There's no emotions don't even come. And here, she's at least has had mirroring of sadness that over time she can uh, at least feel it and bring it up to work with. But what if it's not there? Then you have to, you know, go back uh, to even talk, you know, to, uh, you know, bring those emotions up in yourself. And they will well up in you because in a dyad, as to the extent to which one psyche pushes it away, if you're open to it, it's going to come up in you. So you might even show it. And that's just, probably answering more than your question, but go on. <laughs> no, that's helpful. Additionally, so you said you noticed something in a certain body part, and then you asked her if she felt that in the yeah. same body part. Yeah, Do you yeah. feel like they're usually yeah. feeling it in the same area? Not necessarily. The thing is that you can never be sure what you're sensing is necessarily mirrored of the other. It's impossible. It's just like that, you know. It's a, it, it, you know, you're using that as an additional um, basis for asking questions. For example, right now, I, you know, not only do I feel sadness, but also feel a little bit of pleasure in my heart. You know, so I'm noticing that. I just noticed that. Sometimes I, I might ask them about it. You know, do you feel that or not? If not, I just let it go. So the the resonance is a, you know, we, it's a process where two systems come together. And Daniel Siegel talks about two systems coming together to form a super system. No, sometimes it's a mirror of what's happening, or sometimes it's actually occurring in your body first. That doesn't mean that it's, it's, we're picking it up from the unconscious. It could be just that my body's leading the client's body, right? Sometimes you're following the client's body. Sometimes it makes no sense. It's just another, um, another uh, you know, source of information. But the more I, I do that, um, the more the body of the client is supported, even when I don't ask the client about the body. This is how you work in the resonance. There are some clients you can never ask, you cannot ask about the body because it, for whatever reason, then you might have to do the work here. And it still helps the client. Anyone else? Yeah, over there. Jan, I wanted to um, tell you that I had a lot of energy rushing up in my heart when you spoke of your dream. 
and also when you acknowledge that you followed it. That really touched me. Yeah. And I wanted to ask Rajay, a question for you now is, is that, is the dream body another, well, certainly it's an aspect of the subtle body, but does it, is it the symbolizing body or the meaning body or what, what subtle body spoke and was dialogued and responded to yeah. at that time? I don't know. But the, the thing is, the dream, you know, I, I like the Jungian model. It's compensatory. Mm-hmm. What it does is it provides you the necessary information to move, to, to, to integrate and to move forward in your life. So it is a course correction for her. That dream shifted her consciousness away from the despair, yeah? yeah. And to, to life. You know, it's a beautiful dream. Where does it come from? from the unconscious. Where is the unconscious? In the East, the unconscious, the mind, consciousness is in the subtle body, therefore it is also in the, in the, in the, in the, in the subtle, subtle body. Because it carries, or not, it carries information from one life to the next, you know. And, uh, but, but, um, where does it come from? Where do dreams come from? A Jungian theologian, John Sanford, said, uh, dreams are uh, messages to the ego from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I approach them that way. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You know, uh, on another le- uh, there's another interpretation. interpretation. Dreams provide us with emotional integration. And they do. They can find the best. They can combine histor- historical and fictional images to get you to the emotion your conscious is trying to avoid. Very, and therefore they're very useful. So I use dreams a lot. Anyone else before? Yeah, come over there to the left. You mentioned following and leading the client. Is there a process that you use for preparation before you see the client and a process that you use after seeing the client? Um, You know, I don't have a private practice, so I don't have the luxury. But if I had a private practice, I would probably have a process. But here, you can see how I'm choosing clients and working with them. But I do let people know to write to me. I will give people my email address, especially people I've worked with. I, 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 I want to follow up, especially if they're in difficulty. So. Yeah. Over there. Yeah. And there. Two or three more questions and we have to go to lunch. Yeah. In my work, I have a lot of body experience of my clients. Um, and at times I'm crying with them or I have shaking. Um, uh, so a lot of body experience. Yeah. Um, you, you seem to not have any of that. Um, and I wonder a lot about when I'm... I don't have any problems with that, but I'm just wondering um, in terms of that maybe even being a, a relief, somehow process, yeah. helping my client process. Um, it's just any thoughts from you about that? Um. We are all, we all have to share the client's experience to some extent. 
we are human beings, right? So therefore, when we join another human being, we have to share their experience to some extent. There's no way to avoid it. The question is to what extent, right? And then the question is to what extent are we becoming dysregulated from it? And our processes are reflecting our, uh, in a self-regulation in our body rather than um, you know, um, 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 just being a mirror of the client's process. You know, that's something that you have to um, answer for yourself. But I think it's wonderful that you're actually able to share, I mean, like empathize uh, to the extent that you can feel it in your body. So, now, one thing I don't do, there are people who are trained in shamanism who are actually then staking the experience into their body and suffering, you know, with a bottle of liquor here. And shamans <laughs> 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 notorious for alcoholism, right? So, not the Bay Area shamans, of course. <laughs> they're into, they're into, you know, grass juices. But the thing is, but um, but the thing is that um, that's okay to do, and we are all shamans to some extent. That way, we are. The question is, but then we have to develop inculcate, develop a capacity in the client for affect tolerance. And educate them in such a way so that in the future they can also bring the same approach to the other difficult and unfamiliar experiences because we are guaranteed to have unfamiliar and unbearable experiences for the rest of our lives. So, right? So that, that they get support, uh, that they can use the body, that they can use the energy, awareness to bear that. So I hope, you know. I've answered your question. So otherwise you can talk to me later. So, because you might have something specific to experience that I can answer. So, yeah. Jan, at, uh, at, one po- <coughs> at one point you said, never again. Could you elaborate on that? Um, I think it is my intention, or was my intention, to never be so wounded. Wounded, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I like the idea of becoming more able to tolerate or accommodate such severe emotional content. I think as I sit here right now, I see that there's a possibility of that. Um, Not necessarily the reality of it, but the possibility. Because it's so wrapped with me around abandonment. Yeah. The earliest cause you were talking about, Mm -hmm. yeah. And it seemed this time so easy for someone to do it to me. But I like the idea that I can become more, I like the word that was used, resilient, um, more capable. Yeah. And that possibility is now, has been presented to me as a way of doing it in a way that I've never thought of before. Yeah. So, thank you for asking. And part of that resiliency is that heart can remain open 
and the energy can keep it open and sustain it. Mm -hmm. There's something like that you start to feel here. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Over here. Jan, a question for you. From the time that you sat in the chair and then moved up to the stage and then began the dyad with Raja, what, did, what was your body visceral experience of the flow and exchange of experience with Raja? Too abstract? I'm not sure how to answer. Yeah, how were you experiencing Raja, his being, his presence, his awareness? Was it, you know, kind of a face-to-face -face experience? Where was there a point where you're feeling more heart energy coming from him? A this sense of a glow happening around him, or was he levitating? <laughs> I feel really um, sensed by him that he's experiencing this with me, but not. He's not taking it from me. He's not exaggerating it in any way. He's not amplifying it. Um, n a kind of mirror, but not. A kind of a soft place for me to be. Um, I like that he went a little beyond. He asked if I was feeling it in my arms, and I'm like, Oh, yeah, now that you mention it. So he was checking to see how I was doing. <clears throat> Maybe if you put your hand on your heart, he said. It wouldn't have occurred to me. Um, so no, I, neither of us, I think, were levitating. <laughs> but he reflected it very, very well. It's beyond words. It's and, and if you can sense something and tolerate it, that in the resonance gives the person information on how to do the same. This is the mirroring between the mother and child that happens, and we have that ability in a, as adults, and that that becomes a very important part of being, um, you know, being helpful. Yeah. And sometimes it can overwhelm you, by the way, because you're not ready for all the experiences all the people have gone through, right? So, um, you know, you're never ready for a Holocaust survivor. Yeah, and then where it's not just this profound loss and hurt, but also dysregulation, and, and which is unconscious in them, so it can actually completely overwhelm you. And they, they should, you have to be ready for that too, and then you have to do the work later mm, to expand yourself. And, um, so it becomes a very interesting process, you know? So, yeah. Expanding. Yeah, a couple of questions, and then it's almost one o'clock. We have <laughs> maybe those two questions, and we'll end. We'll go to lunch. And I will say, uh, when we come back from lunch, I'll talk about some way of expanding, you know, what do you mean by opening up? What do you mean by regulating, right? We'll look at, look at that. We'll also look at, hey, how does the body really generate emotions? What, can, some principles.
some simple ways. And we'll talk about that. And we'll continue to do demonstrations. Yeah. Oh, I have. <laughs> um, I'm just curious about the breath and what is happening, what was happening with you. Because I, I was feeling like at times I was holding my mm. breath mm -hmm. and I was feeling like, okay, I need to breathe more mm -hmm. deeply. Mm -hmm. And that I find that when I'm working with people, you know, and I do some grief counseling, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. there's so much holding of the yeah. breath and I feel this need to take in these deep yeah. breaths. And I'm wondering if that's part of grief. It's about very much about the lungs and the heart, no? So that's why I said grief, unresolved grief can, grief can go toward bronchial disorders, including asthma. So people are inhibited. You can see they either voluntarily holding it, unconscious about it, or involuntarily holding it in the lungs and so on. So that's, that's very much a part of it. So you just know, bring it to their attention, you know. And you can also do it, you can also use breath as a tool to open it up, you know. We could have had a breathe a little more to open it up and then bring the content in. Otherwise, it becomes um, a bit mechanical. So you have to keep it alive. That's why I had to think about a husband, ex-husband, after we opened up the heart and so on. So, yeah. And some people have learned to do something else, no? They will do it. Uh, when they go to go, they might do So they kind of get rid of it. So you have to then ask them not to do that, so that it can, the energy can find its own shape and emotional form. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. I just again wanted to say thank you for sharing your experience, and it's really just uh, awe-inspiring um, to see your bravery and your courage. So I thank you. Um, and my question has to do with, um, it sort of feels like, like a psycho-spiritual surgery that's going on, not just for the person who's describing their experience, but also the person who's taking it in. Because in some ways it feels like in order for you to contain that person's experience, you have to allow yourself to go there as well. Yeah. And so I, yeah. you, I, I think, Roger, you were talking about how, as the therapist how you, you can become overwhelmed as well. Yeah. And that's that's something I struggle with too. So I'm I'm wondering how does how does the therapist take care of themselves in the moment and even after when stuff continues to percolate? Yeah. I think allowing the experience to run through first of all, I don't know whether it's spiritual. It's like let's say physical energetic process. <laughs> you know. And perhaps spiritual, you know. Perhaps it gives you good karma or something like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, it's like you're aware of it, and then later on you notice what your experience is. Because when you're holding a client, your experience can be good when the healing takes place, but you don't know what you will be left with after. So you always keep that at the back of your mind. So it can work through in your dreams or in your conscious life too. For example, I might be sad, I might be despairing. I might be angry, you know, and the, the, you just allow those things to be. You know, you're not pushing them away, and they move through. So that's that's what I do. You know, so, and uh, I get exercise is important, you know, uh, and being in therapy is important because you need to have a therapist. If you're going to be, I, I think my belief is that if you're going to be a psychotherapist, 
you need to have a psycho you need to have a, a psychotherapist you know on call hmm? <laughs> so, so that is very important because the, you know the unconscious is only a night away hmm? <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> but that's true for everybody so i don't have to feel bad about it no? so, Okay. Last question. Okay. And then we'll come back and answer questions if necessary, but we need to go to one. Hi. Thank you, Jan. Sitting next to you, I was really, I was like, she's not here, she's up there. Yeah. <laughs> it's really great. Um, my question is similar to what was just asked, but maybe from a different um vector of entry um, in the self-care aspect of the aspect of things and what you do to kind of take care of yourself. Mine is more um, what exercises, what daily practice do you find really essential to keep yourself open energetically or physically to what you're feeling in a yeah. with a client? You kept saying, yeah. I'm feeling this in my arms or I'm aware. Just maintaining your awareness, yeah. staying open. Yeah. Yeah. What there are probably hundreds of practices available, mm -hmm. no? but you need to have some practice. It could be qigong, it could be yoga, yeah. right? It could be, I don't know, whatever else that you do, you know? Yeah. So, um, um, you need to have practice, some practice. I think yoga and qigong are good. Mm. But or, uh, those two things that... that okay. Yeah. So I was wondering if it was an and open, if you're interested, open to a CD all <laughs> So I was wondering if it was if you're really open to all modalities of, of maintaining awareness and openness. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you were, yeah. you know, having a regiment or something. No, like different things. You know, like you know, when we took people to I, I took people to Sri Lanka, and there we are in the war zone, a former war zone. We're uh, training 160 counselors, and uh, and 40 of them we're going to turn into master trainers. You know, my wife has been there, Patricia has been there. And there, it is very stressful because working with people tortured by the army and the, and the, um, you know, and the Sri Lankan, uh, the Tamil Tigers. Now it's very difficult. So every morning, uh, there was a team member from Germany who was doing Lujan. You know, I don't know what that is. That's a Tibetan kind of Buddhist practice. No? And people were doing much better. I was doing much worse because I would, I did not get up early enough to go to this. <laughs> You know, some practice is necessary, no? Some practice is necessary. And, you know, I have a, a CD set here where I take people through the layers of the body, the outer, and then I also have them teach them how to sense energy and flows in a minimal way, in a very, not in a sophisticated way. So also train awareness. Awareness is really independent of everything, yet encompasses everything. So that awareness. Uh, yeah, also trying to train that to some extent without being in the enlightened. <laughs> because the problem with enlightenment is you just lose interest in everything. <laughs> so unless it's your karma. No? So, so something like that would be helpful. But I would suggest, you know, do yoga, do some physical thing, because if you're going to be working with trauma, working with the resonance, etc., you have to have self-care. And that doesn't mean that you protect yourself from your clients by imagining yourself inside a big white condom of light. But um, that, that's not productive. You have to be willing to suffer with that. So. Thank you. <laughs>
just taking a moment to come back to yourselves, because you, you're likely to you know, experience sadness, that would be expected, or despair. So just coming back to yourself, you know, or even dizziness, whatever you've experienced here. So we, we, we'll do, we're coming back at, it's 1.10, so 2.10, let's say 2.30 we're back, 2.30, I think you have an announcement, yeah, so. Thank you, yeah. thank you, Jan. Just for a moment, yeah, an announcement, yeah, he's making an announcement. Yeah, thank you, thank you both. Yeah. Uh, before we head off to lunch, I just like, can everyone hear me okay? Yeah. yeah. There we go. Can everyone hear me now? Yeah. Great. Thank you. Um, just like to express thanks for Jan for coming up here. Um, takes a lot of courage. Thank you. And uh, we have a few upcoming events that I think that some of you would be interested in um, learning about. We have uh, trainings in compassion uh, next weekend with Norman Fisher. And Raja mentioned the practice of Lojong that was being practiced in Sri Lanka. Um, that's a Tibetan practice. And we have Lama Sultram uh, Rinpoche coming in a few weeks uh, uh, for a benefit called Feeding Your Demons, Ancient Wisdom for Resol Resolving Your Inner Conflict. And um, we have over 2,000 Dharma Talks available online at Dharma Seed. Uh, we have a uh, little flyer in the back. If uh, people are interested, um, we have talks um, from days like today and similar days uh, freely available from all of the Spirit Rock teachers and visiting teachers over the past 20 years. So that's uh, freely available. And uh, we'd like to um, thank Raja again for being here. Um, he's here out of the generosity of his own heart, teaching freely. Um, he's not being compensated by Spirit Rock today. So um, your class fee goes to help helping support Spirit Rock and um, pay for the utilities and the staff and the land. So... Um, we have a couple of baskets in the foyer, which you can contribute to Raja. And he's actually donating all of, the, all of your generosity to the nonprofit that he just mentioned, which is training 160 counselors in Sri Lanka to help the uh, people who have encountered loss and um, uh, injury of some sort and, the, and dislocation in Sri Lanka due to the war with the Tamil Tigers. The, the, uh, um, the organization is called Trauma Vidya, and there's a website, www.traumavidya.org, and I will write it later. And when you contribute, um, you can say Raja, but you write checks out to Spirit Rock, they will give, send me a consolidated check, one check to the organization. So cash or checks, you write trauma vidya and say, uh, what, what do they need to mention there? Um, you can just make it out to Spirit Rock and it'll all go, all go to yeah. the fund. Yeah. And if you'd like to write a credit card uh, form, we have forms in the foyer um, and 100% of it goes to the nonprofit. So 
this is his way of um, being generous with his wisdom and also um, continuing the cycle of generosity by helping those in Sri Lanka. So um, it's a really beautiful thing. So we'll be back around 2.30. Okay. Great. Thank you. Enjoy your lunch. Of course. that one completely but uh, oh, okay. so, somebody somebody's actually baking it okay, okay so thank you that's only one module yeah, so there's no that it gives the impression of all three. Okay, got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, good afternoon. How are you doing? Good. Okay. Ready for a nap. <laughs> As I said, not deep sleep without dreams is the closest we can get to enlightenment every day. Mm-hmm. You see, the, the, the tricky thing about existence is that, um, according to Vedanta, is that, that you exist, you know, it's very clear. That you exist, right? Um, that you're conscious of that existence, you know. That's very clear, right? What is not clear is the is that you're unlim- unlimited. It is only that aspect of you that is hidden from you. That you're. You can't hear, no?
according to Vedanta, the non-dual reality that you are, that is, that exists without relying on anything else for its existence. That it's conscious of itself. Everything else is conscious to the non-dual reality, but the non-dual reality is self-aware. These two aspects are known to you. That you are aware and you exist. Can you deny it? No. What the what is problematic is that <clears throat> the third property is not obvious. The third property is that you're infinite and essentially blissful in nature. <laughs> the infiniteness and the essential blissful nature go together. Because you're not limited in any way. You're complete. Why should you? It's, it, it's, it's an experience. It's an awareness of oneself as blissful and unlimited. That is the, that is the kickeroo. Hmm? <laughs> we don't know. And uh, everything in Vedanta is about moving toward that. Hmm? Now, because the emotional work that you might do <laughs> when you're moving in that, closer to that state is going to be quite different from the emotional work that you do when your awareness is very limited. Yeah. So, one's experience of one's emotions and the need to express them, the need to act on them, everything is a function of awareness, your level of awareness. So we cannot talk about um, emotional experience without reference to the continuum of awareness that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, what we te- tend to do is we use awareness. How you know, working on l- levels of awareness, le- uh, levels of uh, working on emotion on levels that are close to our uh, human life. We use this awareness. Uh, the discrimination of uh, this awareness is a container, hmm? that which holds everything. You know, if you can become clear about it, it holds. You know, on, the, on a continuum of perhaps one to hundred, two or three times. Hmm? Yeah, I think uh, that's one way to look at mindfulness and how it is used very well in Western psychology you know, in, in, um, to bring about more psychological balance, more emotional balance and capacity. Now, um, let me say a little bit more about um, what happens to the physical body under overwhelm. I'm not talking about traumatic overwhelm. Uh, I'm not talking about... um, if you're talking about PTSD, then you know that there's a great deal of uh, dysregulation and stress that underlie, that is there in the physiology to create a very small group of symptoms we call PTSD. In fact, post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms need to be expanded, and there's a committee working on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So we are talking about a um, great deal of physical physiological stress and dysregulation in PTSD. Now, other than, but overwhelm is overwhelming. You know, we can. I, at times, my heart shuts down more rapidly um, uh, to to loneliness and rejection and a sense of inadequacy that plagues my heart than it does to what? Fear and palpitation. Yeah? So we cannot quite say that it's PTSD that's at the extreme edge of affect intolerance. Very, on, on, very often it is shame that the body shuts down from and perhaps... D- Perhaps not, doesn't get us dysregulated, but very often you see that too. Yeah. So, some simple ways of explaining. You know, every there are so many models that tell you what happened, that that they studied the physiology that give you an idea of what happens under different psychological conditions. Yeah, intensities and so on. You know, and and likewise in in, in at the level of subtle energy, if not at the level of all subtle energy, at least at the pranic level, the first level, you know, in craniosacral therapy, you know, in polarity therapy and so on. Yeah? Now, let's look at a little, let's look at some simple, um, simple way of looking at it. The more sophisticated the model you have, the more you will push the system in that direction. Right? Somebody working here with, a, with an idea of uh, Chinese medicine, because we're working with the heart chakra, Right, working with the arms. Somebody with the understanding of the heart chakra meridian might work slightly more precisely as we work with the heart energies that uh, that are very difficult for the heart to bear, so that therefore they shut down. Yeah, so you can use different models, but let's look look for a simple model, hmm? very simple model. No? So I said earlier that if you started with the three layered approach to the body. No? We said the nervous system physiology is put right in the middle, right? Brain, brain, spinal cord, the somatic and the autonomic nervous systems. You put organs, glands, and the blood vessels, you know, the autonomic area, so to speak, here. Then you put skin, bone, fascia, muscle, <laughs> ligaments, tendons out here. Approximately, you get, get the idea. What we tend to do, it seems, that we tend to, in an emotional overwhelm, we cope with it by inhibiting, constricting, <coughs> or even dysregulating the outer layers first. Because the moment I start to use the organs, blood vessels and the glands to, to cope with what? Emotional experiences or traumatic experiences, I tend to what? Endanger, endanger myself more biologically. I can live without an arm and a leg. Hmm? I can live with the shoulder tension, hmm? even frozen shoulder. Hmm? But when I start, it does inhibit, by the way. It does, it does have a negative impact on the functioning of the rest of the organism. But relatively speaking, when I start to really reduce cardiovascular output, that's much more, it speaks much more of a greater level of dysregulation, right? Shut down. 
So we tend to, you know, cope with the outer layers first and the foot soldier, so to speak. Mm. Then only in the case, in the extreme case, it's not, it's a, it's a simple model. So it doesn't mean that the effect is not throughout. It's a way of looking at it. We, we really start to inhibit and dysregulate, shut down the central nervous system area when everything else does not help, right? Um, so there's a tendency for what? The constriction, inhibition, dysregulation to what? Go from the outside to the inside. What I can't cope with on the outside, I start to, you know. A classic example is ether surgery, you know. Surgery with ether. Um, you know, in anesthesia, you made unconscious, right? And your muscles are paralyzed. And then your, the pain sensations don't travel from the part of the body that you're being operated on to the brain. In ether, you're unconscious, you're paralyzed, all the pain sensations go to the brain. It's like torture, except that you're not conscious of it. So the brain is going to, the involuntary parts of the brain are going to respond what? With dissociation, with dysregulation, right? And therefore, it's very hard to work with. Yeah? This similar thing can happen under very emotionally difficult experiences like torture or just abandonment that's so scary. You know, remember the children who were left to fend for themselves at night because some male doctor decided that the best way to bring up a child is to teach the child that you can sleep through the night from day one in a separate room. Mm -hmm. Right? And if it cries, they will stop crying. Of course they will stop crying. They will faint. Mm -hmm. Or their brain will put them to sleep. It's like putting them in a coma at night so that they can survive your torture in the next day. Mm -hmm. This is, this is, you can imagine similar things. You run into people with global, the dysregulation and dis, you know, uh, Disrepair in the, in the in the central nervous system areas from that, mm. so you can have that, no? or abandonment. Mm. You know, left. These are overwhelming experiences. For heaven's sake, I can't you know tolerate loneliness today mm, for a couple of hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like it's unimaginable. So things go to the brain very quickly. Mm. It doesn't have to be PTSD. Mm. That's the thing. Even though a very big trauma is sexy as an interpretation to lay on myself, right? You know, it's a, it's a, but many things, many of these things, people don't even know that they were went through this. Generations went through this kind of child rearing. Right? Now we are told that there, it's more likely that the child will have sudden infant death syndrome if it's in a separate room. It needs to sleep with you for the first two years, right? People like Alan Shore are saying that. So. so if this is happening, if this is happening, right, what you, you have to do is what? You have to reverse the flow, right? You have, to, you have to expand it. And it's better that you expand it from the outside. As you expand from the out, you know, as you, you know, the, as you expand the outside, the muscular area and the visceral area, where the visceral area is where the, the emotions are most intense, right? The, vis, the, the relationship between the viscera 
and the other, uh, emotions is the most detailed. Mm-hmm. It's like an orchestra that the autonomic ner- brain can play through the autonomic nerves on the organs to create all kinds of exquisite symphonies of positive and negative emotions. You know? And um, so, so, so if you don't create capacities there, by opening the outside. You know? We have not even talked about subtle energy yet. So you start to do practice like Kundalini Yoga. Or you do you know, Tantra. You know? You know, I've been to Tantra parties in Los Angeles. <laughs> Eye contact is maintained and then you know, like two, two birds in a shop window. Have you seen those? <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's, that I remember. You have seen this. Don't tell me you have not seen this. You have not seen that. You've been missing out on all the fun. So, 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 so essentially, you're what? Opening the central channel. And we'll see that the subtle energy will go to the core, to the bones, under stress. So you can have all kinds of, you, you know, you can have, you can have spiritual emergencies. Like this is what Carl Jung warned about. That Westerners went to the East and took these techniques out of context and the institutions in which they were practiced. Right? That then they went psychotic. You saw many people who were going psychotic, going East, engaging in Eastern medita- meditation practices. And he said, he therefore made the conclusion that the, the nobody should go there. <laughs> and of course then everybody was against him. You know, he doesn't realize that souls kind of tra- you know, do frequent flying across the globe. So, 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 <laughs> so it depends on the person. So the, the, then the trick is to do what? You want, need to open the outside, right? And how do you do that? You know, let me talk about it. You can use awareness. Awareness itself you can do, but it's limited. If a leg is spastic, your awareness will not go, be, go below the hip. Can't go. Awareness, you know, you can be around it in the subtle body, but you can't go into the physical body unless what? Unless what? The nerves are active. The nerves, the afferent and efferent nerves are what? Sending messages back and forth, right? So if you think about the nervous system and blood, let's say nervous system, you need from the central nervous system area, the, the nervous system physiology, you need this flow, back and forth flow. You need the back and forth flow along the nerves into the visceral area for self-regulation, right? Not only self-regulation, but to generate emotions and to then make them conscious, right? You also need back and flow, forth flow of blood between the heart-lung complex, right, into the outer area and back, and into the central nervous system area and back. So you can think of it in a simple way. So when I start to open the, open the, uh, the outer area, the muscle area, open the visceral area, and open the central area, I'm establishing what? Facilitating back and forth flows along the nervous system and blood, which then makes it possible to generate emotions and to, and to sense them. And also to what? 
even though it's dysregulating the negative emotion, it's more what? Regulated than it would be when, than when it is shut down. Yeah? Now, how do you do that? Now, now, in which directions do you open, right? It depends on your knowledge of the body, right? So, here we say open from the outside to the inside. At least, if you're working on the inside, open the outside first. And some people will never go there unless you take, take them there. <laughs> so, awareness itself doesn't guarantee it. You know, if I sit and just be aware, then everything comes to my mind that needs to be healed, and I heal. And if it doesn't happen, your awareness practice is not good enough. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah, so, so we need other tools. What are the other tools? That awareness, being aware of it, can look elsewhere. <laughs> Spend a lot of time. Movement is a great way to disinhibit different levels of the physiology. Movement opens the muscular area, challenges the organs to open, to generate energy to feed the muscular area, and challenges the central nervous system to open up. So movement is great. I don't know why we're not using it enough. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Movement therapy is unfortunately seen as, um, you know, it's, you do, and it, it needs to be integrated into psychological work with the theory. Therefore, it's easier for people to, you need to tell them why, you, why you're asking them to move. Otherwise, the clients go, what? This is like, five, you've been to the five elements. Five rhythms dance last weekend. I was there too. Mm? You know, everybody's hitting on me. So this is like, um, right? So, no, you say, you need to move this because, you know, your blood flow can get to the brain. Your nervous system information can go. And your brain can generate the necessary emotions and sense them. And the brain can regulate dysregulating parts that are dysregulated beyond means. That kind of information. Yeah? Touch, self-touch, especially on the other side of the body. We know it's extremely healing. Right? Not the same side, the other side. But same side also. Self-touch is very important. You know, we do a lot of this kind of touch. Touching the brain, you know. Uh, in Sri Lanka, for example, we teach them how to regulate the brain. Because the brain, when it's dysregulated, the awareness is going through it, it's not going to be of much help. So you need to what? Use the brain, use the movement to regulate the brain to stop. You might try it now. Just this. The way you're touching two centers that are very involved in emotional and physical regulation. Mm -hmm. Both, both do both, Mm -hmm. but the brainstem more physiological. Um, This area is the forehead is um, prefrontal cortex, emotional regulation. But you know what? The emotional execution centers are in the brain step. <laughs> so can't separate the two. Yeah. So touch, breath work. You know, by breathing into different areas, you know, opening it up. Continuum does that very well. With movement and breath, you know, becoming aware, opening that part of the body, you know. 
And then, of course, I talked about self-touch and your touch. If you're okay with it, your client is okay with it, your professional organization is okay with it, then, <laughs> you know, you bring the uh, touch in. So, Body work, if you're doing body work, then, or energy work, then you can manipulate them so that the flow is enhanced more quickly, right? Then you can continue the psychological process. This way, everything can fit in. But you have to have a certain model, at least, that makes sense to your client so that they can also practice at home. So it's not a treatment that you provide them. Yeah. So um, what happens to the subtle body? You know, there's different levels of the subtle body, right? And energy workers will actually look at different levels of chakras and so on. But... Um, I think that when bioenergetics people and um, um, talk about it, Karina osteopaths talk about it, they're talking about the pranic, the, the etheric body that is close to the physical body that has a blueprint of health, the lack of health of the physical body. What it seems to do, which in, in a way, that's what actually gives everything the oomph. If, if it's emotional, you know, the mental body is like seen. As, as patterns of information. But, you know, it's the blueprint in a way. But what it gives it the juice, the raj, rajas, is the pranic body. You know, it's more dynamic. Sometimes it's called the astral body too, part of it. So it's very confusing. But the thing is that what it... So when that, when that comes down, when, when that is traumatized, you know, it, it is traumatized too because that's, you know, part of who you are. The physical body is struggling, it starts to even struggle more. Then one theory is that it goes to the core, along the midline. So in bio, biodynamic craniosacral therapy, the trick is what? To work with the body and to get this energy body to expand so that it can use its superior resources to do what? To do what? To heal you. But very often what happens, if you don't do the psychological work, then people just expand this body and then the awareness goes to that level. So you have this, what did you do? Oh, that was great, you know. Yeah, that was great. I mean, we need to do it again. It's like, uh, you see the thing? You're kind of expanding into the energy body and then you start to what? Separate these things out and, and you know, of course you have more lives to put them back together but the thing is, you know, we'll try to avoid that. Hmm? So, so the thing is that we, we are interested in psychological work, right? I mean, that's, a, that's the thing. And so what we need to do is to watch for this, to open. Not, not necessarily we're going toward it, but when we, like when the heart chakra opens and spins, bring the client's attention to it to see whether they can feel it. It's like air or water, you know. And if it's too unstable, just awareness can stabilize it. Because... Everything is subject to awareness, right? And when you can start to do that with your subtle body, you know, your ability to disidentify with the physical and the subtle starts to grow, which is what Vedantins want you to do. But not by pushing yourself away, right? If you do practice in the core to expand this energy, your energy body will expand, at least temporarily, so will your awareness, but that might not be what? make it through the 
bottleneck of the physical body. Yeah? So we're approaching it psychologically, and then we are, in order to help the physical body and the energy body heal, we, are, we want what? This to what? Spread in all directions. Yeah. And for this purpose, we don't have to teach people to sense energy in some subtle archetype, but all levels. We just need to think of it as energy, like waves of energy, waves that expand and swirl. Air likes liquid like. It's quite easy to sense. It's not really hard. If it's true, it shouldn't be hard. If it's you, it shouldn't be hard. When you meditate, you can get there, but you should be able to do it without meditating. It's just a matter of shift in awareness. And it's in part faith, you know, it's in part faith too. In Vedanta, we say that, you know, like Shravana, that is serious, you know, giving that idea a serious chance. Not that you believe in it, because everything has to be subject to logic and experience, your awareness. So take nothing for granted. But at least give it some initial credence. If you don't do that, your awareness will not even bring it under your, make it an object of your awareness. Right? So we want this to expand too. But it turns out, if, if, you, if you, you know, sometimes I use this model no, to teach people. a very simple way of operationalizing it. Hmm? Right. Yeah. There's your diaphragm, eyes, right? Very simple way of operationalizing it is that um, if you're working in the core, no? if you start to work with emotions in this area, for example, you open it in this direction. Easy to remember. Hmm? If you're working in this or in this direction, yeah, or if you're working here, you open it in this direction. It's like in the, it's more concrete. And if you're working in this area, then open it in this direction. And then make sure that you have what? Flow across the diaphragm, right? How many? Five patterns, right? And then in general, you know, bring it down. Because it's going to go up like this. Outside, inside, up to the brain. So you want to bring it down, out, below. So you can think of six patterns, simple patterns of directions of expansion. Notice what it does. If you work here, if you start to open it up, you're going to get the cardiovascular flow into the legs, as well as what? From the spine, the somatic nerves that control the muscles into the legs. So this is a simple way of explaining things without getting into a sophisticated model. Here, cardiovascular flows and what? The somatic nerves that go out, go out of the spine into the muscles. Right? You see this? Now, if you're an acupuncturist, you're, being, you're playing around with meridians, you can see that this is a very crude model. When you have some polarity model, or when you have some acupuncture model, 
then you can make it more sophisticated. Right? When you're working with it, in which direction do you want to send the awareness, open the body, without losing touch with what? The situation, psychological situation, and the emotional experience. If you let go, it becomes what? It might do well, you know? You've let go of all the intensity. So the, given that you've let go of all the intensity, the body might regulate itself. But then what? You get triggered again, boom, it curls back again. Yeah? So, um, and when I do this, the energy, what's happening to the energy? Can you see the energy? Also has a possibility of moving from the out, inside to the outside. Right? In a way, in directions, the, in a way, approximately from the chakras to the meridians, lines. So something like that, but you know, this is what we used in India and Sri Lanka, where we're treating training counselors. This is the pattern we teach them. So work with the experience, bring up the situation, then what? Locate it in the body, and then what? Help them to feel more of it throughout the body. At the same time, try to regulate the body back to as much regulation as possible using these patterns. So this is what we do. So. Any questions? Any, so let's give me a little more idea. Yeah. Oh, mic, mic, mic. No, we need the mic. No, we need the. We need. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh, this is a. What is it? This board is gone. There's, there is no, there's no board behind us. Ah, okay. So. That's all you get. Abdomen, <laughs> below the diaphragm, pelvic area, legs, hmm? chest area, above the diaphragm, above the diaphragm. If it's above the diaphragm, arms, right? Whether it's here or there. Hmm? But in the chest, no, there's also another direction, this way. Hmm? Ah, that way. Hmm? Yeah. In fact, this area is so rich in the emotional coding that unless you get the emotion into this area, it's hard to recognize what the emotion is in the body. It's called the facial affect system. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm throwing a lot of theory at you. And then, what did we say? Across the diaphragm. Make sure this was open, the flow. And then I said, in general, bring it down. In fact, we find that when people are really grounding in their emotions, they're so solidly planted energetically into the field. Check, check, check uh, with your clients. They just get really, they're able to tolerate, and it's the right emotion in a way. Boom, there's such grounding. Yeah. So the biodynamic analysis, people say that's grounding in emotional reality. Some of these muscles, grounding muscles have to do with grounding in emotional reality. Yeah. People who are like this, tend to do what? They're grounded in abstract reality of things. So they're all kinds of good stuff, you know? Yeah. But we don't need to know that. Hmm? You start here, and then you can add the sophistication of the different systems into it. But you can do a lot of work with this. Hmm? A lot of work with this. Hmm? Yeah. Mike, Mike, Mike. Hmm. Ah, coffee cane. Great. <laughs> 
So will you, can you hear it? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Will you repeat, you started like with a client, you just went through it really quickly, like you'd bring up the content and you described your whole process quickly. Yeah. Let will me you repeat. do that again? And will you also give practical examples, like when you're saying bring it out into the arms, so you're talking about moving the arms, bring uh, it out into the legs. Exactly. What would you, would you give? The tools are awareness. Movement, mm -hmm. self-touch, okay. breath, your touch, mm -hmm. body work, energy work, mm -hmm. medication, <laughs> warm clothing, whatever it is. Hmm? Okay, so give an example of like when you're saying if you're working in the head here and you dissipate it through the arms, mm -hmm. give an example. Yeah, like you have a lot of grief and it is really stuck, right? It, it's like here in the face area. Okay. So you start to move your arms uh -huh. to open it up, uh -huh. right? So it starts. It will start to spread from this area and this area into the arms. Okay. The energy, the physiology. You might or might not feel grief there, but more of the body is involved in the experience right. of grief. Yeah? Okay. It's regulating better, gotcha. right? It's not concentrated in one area. If you think of it as a subtle energy phenomenon, the emotions... Concentration is going to stress the physiology in one direction, right? Mm -hmm. But without that, at just at the physical level, you see the information in blood flow is better, right? Mm -hmm. Right. If you have migraines, physical symptom, yeah. right? Comes down. That uh, any body worker will tell you. But as you open it up, then what do you have to do? You have to work with the underlying experiences. Yeah. If the underlying experiences are not there, then you have to somehow bring them up yeah. through mirroring the person's history. Yeah. yeah, And hold on to them. So very often what happens with body somatic therapy, like, you know, um, is that they let go of the context. Right? Then you, the movement happens by itself. Authentic or inauthentic movement. Right? Then it goes somewhere. Right? So it has to be, you can't let go of the psychotherapeutic hat, which is what? The written, my job is what? The psychotherapy, interpreting, making the unconscious conscious. If the clients could do it themselves by just being aware of themselves, they would not come to you. Right? My unconscious is so clear to everybody else, especially my wife which I disagree with more often than not. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mike, 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 Mike. Yeah. Just because it's the body doesn't mean the unconscious is going to cough it up. Mm. In fact, one of the big things about the body is that the body never lies with such serious tone that it makes you wonder that you should... It's, a, it's so, such an absolute truth, which is nonsense. Because the mind will lie less than the body. Yeah, the conditioning in the body is harder to correct than the conditioning in the brain, in thinking. The conditioning in the body is harder to correct sometimes very often than the conditioning in the, uh, in the brain. Attachment trauma. It's all about what? Sensory motor affect, somebody pointed out, right? And it's like before you know it, the unconscious body responds and this person is unsuitable untrustworthy. You read and you say, you can counter that here. 
it is so hard to counter that in the body. So the body lies a lot. Yeah? So that's why we bury it first. So the thing, <laughs> we're only interested in it because it provides a container, okay, in this life, you know. Otherwise, the first thing to go. Yeah? So I know that I've touched upon certain orthodoxies, but forgive me if I've offended you too much. But it's true. You know, we can't put the body on a pedestal. That's the last thing you would want to do. Yeah. So, yeah. So where or how would you incorporate uh, the individual's internal awareness of their interoception, uh, doing body scanning and uh, yeah. internal map? Yeah. You use it, but you know that it's limited. Interoception is limited, like just like perception is limited. In fact, interoception is more limited than perception. Hmm? the five senses, because we can't sense things. Or the, the brain stores images, body images of the past and keeps referring to them as though it's happening in the present. Yeah? So these are problems. So we have to make sure that it's happening in the present. The way to make, them, make sure that it's happening in the present, at least, you know, is to move the body, to open the body. A lot of that doesn't happen in psychotherapy. Hmm? We retreat here. I mean, these things you know, I don't have to bore you with. So, yeah. the, the limits of interoception, no? Blakesley and Blakesley, The Body Has a Mind of Its Own, is a book. The Body Has a Mind of Its Own. Yeah. Blakesley and Blakesley, B-L-A-K-E-S-L-E-E, and Blakesley. One of the Blakesleys is going to become an SC teacher. Mm-hmm. Not those two, but another one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You have a question here. The gentleman has a question here. And then I will. You mentioned migraines. What is your approach to helping people with migraines? More sugar. <laughs> 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 Is it working? <laughs> like everything else, no? We have to rule out brain tumors. Mm? Yeah, that's with serious symptoms like migraines and other physiological causes. It could be a neurological problem ba- based on stemming from a um, hardware problem. Mm? Now, very often, migraine develops because the energy concentrates in the brain. And, and um, the brain is coping, trying to cope with things that the rest of the body should be doing. So the idea is to then to bring the energy down, to spread it out. And as you do that, starting with the extremities, you do that, you need to look for the underlying experiences, psychological, if it's psychological. Now, um, if it's not psychological, then you know you do repeatedly do some body work, energy work, it will shift. But very often it doesn't. Those are the people who come to us, right? Because they trust us the least. Hmm? So to, with these problems like migraines. So then you know when it's getting triggered from the history. Or you know certain traumas like they were electrocuted as a baby. Hmm. I'm talk, thinking of an example. Then you try to shift the energy this way while creating a capacity for the underlying experience, whatever it is. All these problems we now know, people with psychophysiologic disorders 
have, by, have low affect tolerance due to, you know, um, whatever reason, often abuse, you know, neglect or lack of um, affect tolerance training. Because there are people who have low affect tolerance training who then grow up, run into a situation, they can't cope with it, then develop all these symptoms too. They need not be abused. They were just poorly parented. So when you do that, then it would shift. It can shift very quickly. Migraine is a symptom that I've had a lot of success with. Because, you know, when the physiology is really dysregulating, you know how much room there is for it to regulate back? A lot. And it doesn't have to come back all the way here. Because we are all functioning only, you know, 40%, you know. So it just needs to shift a little bit. Then a migraine can go. They might have shoulder aches, which is better than migraines. Yeah, that is that is the way to work with that. You know. So, thank you. I like migraines. <laughs> you know, I like migraines for this reason because I get good results with it. So, <laughs> attached to migraines, I shouldn't get that. Yeah. So, any other questions? Yeah, and then. We'll do a demo, yeah. So, yeah. You mentioned that um, the body always lies a lot. Can you just speak a little bit more about that? Um, look, if I come through the door, I get hit on the head three times at Spirit Rock, where I'm least expecting it. That conditioning is in my body, no? It would be very hard for me to correct it. Yeah, I tell myself, I can tell myself it's spirit rock and that's not going to happen. I can calm myself down, but the body will remember somehow. So a lot of the early attachment traumas, no? Are coded what? As sensory motor patterns. Whether they're stored in the brain and then reenacted in the body, or you know, are not. They, you get into that state very quickly. For example, um, in uh, body dynamic analysis, in the oral stage of development, there's a character structure called late need or uh, distrustful. Essentially, these are children whose needs were not met, or they were um, met a little bit but not com- fully. The child did not have the experience of contentment. You know, you try to teach them Vedanta mm, that you're perfect bliss and complete. Mm, it's a no-go. Mm. So these people, they walk into every situation with a bodily experience of dissatisfaction, and it's very hard to give them gifts. You don't want to give them gifts because they're communicating what dissatisfaction, distrust all the way through, and they don't know it. They have an elaborate mental story around it. And even after they learn body dynamic analysis, <laughs> they know that they have the structure. They should feel differently. They cannot. Because the body keeps going into what? Generating dissatisfaction, like they've had a bad meal every time they're with you. Hmm? You know these people? Yeah, that is, a, that is a wonderful session, by the way. The best session you have given me in the five years we've been together but let's, next time, let's make sure that we also work on the shoulder. You know these people? Yeah. You want to, right? 
<laughs> you know those people? Yeah, yeah. I know them too. So, yeah. so the body, you can't, you cannot, you know, you have to bring discrimination to everything. So we can't say that the body never lies. That's, that's a bit of a problem. Because then people are using that to use, make bad decisions. Right? Yeah. Discrimination never fails. Huh? So <laughs> something like that is better. So. Even though if you have a body oriented practice, that's not a bad thing to say to clients. Hmm? So. Oh, this is just the thing. Because when do you like to, you know, people are dissatisfied with what you're giving them, picking holes. Why would you want to give them? You don't want to give them anything. Okay, so you're not, there's not sort of a, another way around it. Is what I'm yeah. Yeah. Oh, many ways solving that problem, no? Slap them and something. No, the, the thing is, um, <laughs> first, what they have to do is to first experience that dissatisfaction more bodily because they're not experiencing it. It's a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then they can feel it and tolerate it, mm-hmm. right? And contain it. Then they can have, like this morning she said, I have a little bit of hope that it could be different. Starts to dawn. Otherwise, it becomes unconscious halfly buried bodily experience that dictates the way you perceive things. I'll walk into the room and this bodily experience that's triggered will dictate what is dissatisfying about this situation. Right? The glass is what? Always half empty. That's the thing. So you have to feel it. There's no way around it. Any emotion that I cannot tolerate, right? I push away. I need to feel it and tolerate it and take it into myself, then I'm not projecting it onto the environment. Right? Then it is just a feeling in my body. Like a woman said to me, I now know. She came to me for anxiety treatment. And I worked with her. Then she came to me and said, you know, something happened. I said, what? I'm always distrustful of my husband that he would have an affair. I now realize that it might not be true. It is just a feeling here, she said. Right? Please help me with it. Then we worked on it. So this is taking back the projection, right? Literally into your body and containing it so that it doesn't jump out at other people and become a reality. See, psychosis is like, I mean, like fear-based psychosis is like that. This fear is so much that I start to see things jump out of the war. It's a, a veteran of the Iraq war in Great Britain and the thing was to feel the fear inside, to tolerate it, find a way to feel it so that the person doesn't pass out or what? To regulate the body at the same time. Then I can feel it here. It's a fear in me. It's a feeling in me. I can contain it. Through my body, through my awareness, it no longer leads to the fantasy of things jumping out at me at night. You know? And, um, you know, sometimes I've heard people tell me, in workshops, no? Workshops are a bad place to find for part- look for partners. <laughs> Especially developmental workshops, right? When you're regressed. Hmm? <laughs> you're desperate and think, then, you know, it's like the person sitting across the uh, a room from you starts to look like an angel, soulmate. Hmm? Right? Run away from that. Hmm? <laughs> because it's just a trick of your amygdala. Hmm? This kind of projection, you know. Have you ever had this experience, right? 
you think your heart is opening. It is. Yeah, but also it's, it's defending against something else. Anyway, shall we go to another demo? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Last question. I'm trying to avoid a demo now. Hmm? Okay, while I look through the sheets. Hmm. Um, I'm helping you avoid the demo. Um, if, you're, if you're working with a problematic shape that was developed pre-verbally, yeah. how do you access the narrative in order to integrate the experience? Yeah. The, the narrative, is it important? Hmm? That's the question. Hmm? Or maybe the emotional... Yeah. Now, the question you asked is um, an important one, no? Sometimes <coughs> the narrative is had from known history shared with you by your uh, parents, others. So you can draw on that. Sometimes it comes through in dreams. Like I had a dream. I knew that I nearly died when I was born, but a dream said cerebral palsy when I started to open my legs. It comes at the right time. Through dreams it can come. Sometimes you don't know. Uh, that it has to do with that, but it's hooked into the current pattern of suffering, right? So, uh, as somebody gets close to me, I start to have seizure-like conditions, right? I don't know that it has to do with my birth, but I'm afraid I have seizure-like dysregulation. I can work with it in the context of the narrative, yeah? And somewhere along the line, it separates, right? It doesn't matter, it separates, the problem is that if it doesn't separate, hmm? <laughs> right? Using a current trigger, actually to do process, can sometimes be, you know, problematic for that reason. If you don't resolve it, but one way or the other, it starts to resolve, you know. So, and sometimes you don't know what it is, but it resolves because the affect tolerance is what you need. The regulation is what you need to go on with your life. I go to psychic, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I mean, these are possibilities, right? So I'm not laughing. I mean, it is a nice joke, but it's true. Sometimes it's through tarot. I mean, whatever it is, the different ways you you gather information. You know, so you don't want to leave anything out. Mm. Yeah. Please give her the mic. Yeah. Um, kind of in addition to that, if if you're attempting to uh, work with children who maybe don't have full verbal capacity yet and this is pre-verbal trauma, do you, have, you, have you applied um, this, the body work techniques? Yeah, you can use the same understanding. They might not be reporting to you, but you're working with them through play and other things, right? And movement and other things, you can bring the same knowledge into the thing, Right? And the way you talk to them about the need to feel and tolerate, things like that, you can still bring it. You know. so. Mike over here, please, while I look at this one here. Okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, I just didn't understand this last thing you said about then maybe it begins to separate. What do you mean by separate? You mean the 
Um, you, you were using um, yeah. projection, current trigger narrative to help yeah. with preverbal, but then you said something about, and then hopefully separate. It separate. Sometimes, when I become, I start with the trigger, my boyfriend, you know, and I process the emotions. I start to create a capacity in me for it, you know, and then it it gets detached from the the current trigger. Clearly, it happened. It has to do something else. I might not know what it has to do with. It's okay. It still works. Right? Yeah. Now, it does not mean that the psychogenic secret is not important as a necessary component of healing. But, you know, when it happened, what happened, sometimes it's necessary for healing. But it's not always necessary. Because it's not always available. Right? It could be a past life trauma. And very few people have access to that. Very few people have access to past life trauma information, right? You don't know. So it's still working with it, you know. Okay. Um, the nice thing about affect, the, uh, the, the work that focuses on affect is that it works with it in the here and now. It doesn't matter where it came from. And eventually, it might connect or not connect. Right? So, and, and sometimes you have dreams that clarify. So it's a very interesting process. Okay, who's Joanna Robson? Are you interested in doing a little bit of work? Oh, you know a lot of people here. Oh. Pressure, I know, I know. Come. And please, somebody help her with the mic, and we can collapse this thing. Yeah. Anything we need to avoid talking about? Do you guys need a short break or can we go on? We'll go on, yeah. So if you need a bathroom break, you just go to the back of the room and go up. So. No, it's all. It's all, okay. Okay, sure. Just looking around to see if you know people here. One or two. One or two, yeah. Just connecting with them. Yeah. By the way, I have some bad news for you. <laughs> Let me make you... Not for you, not for you, not for you. Not for you. Not in relation to the demonstration. <laughs> Somebody pointed out that in the flyer, no? It, there's a price for the... 
it's that is per module, not for the whole training. You figured it out, right? Okay, just yeah. Make it, sense. Yeah. it is not a spirit draw training. Hmm? <laughs> okay. Um, how much sleep do you get? Not very much. Not very much. Insomnia. And of course, you're exhausted a lot. Lack of sleep will do it in itself, no? So, mm-hmm. Okay. How many, for how many years have you had it? As long as I can remember. It's been yeah. at least 10, 15 years. Okay. Can you hear her? Yeah. I need yeah. to speak out. It's okay? Yeah. Okay. What happened 10 or 15 years ago? I don't exactly recall a specific event. Yeah. Um, I know right around the time I had a lot of problems with uh, irritable bowel and insomnia really kicked in. Um, I lost my best friend who wasn't actually human. He was actually a horse. Um, But he was my family and the nearest and dearest thing I had to my heart. Yeah. And then it was compounded going through. I'm actually a veterinarian. Was compounded going through vet school and then an internship where yeah. I would do forty-eight hour shifts and yeah. not be able to sleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A very stressful time. Very stressful. Yeah. See, sometimes just prolonged stress can do it because you're you're describing symptoms of extreme, uh, in a, a symptoms of extreme dysregulation, irritable bowel syndrome. Right. It's a shutdown, dysfunction in the second layer. Right. Insomnia is brain, can't go to sleep. Hmm? Right? So it's been aroused a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? So this, this dark energy mm-hmm. that is sludge like, that pulls you in, mm-hmm. does it happen more at night? Uh, no, it can happen throughout the day. Throughout um, the day. At nighttime, it's more, more um, active. More. And you also talk about how sensitive you are energetically. Very. Very. You know, it's like, uh, so. But all these things came together about 15, 10 to 15 years ago, or do you remember being that sensitive to um, even earlier, even though it makes it probably makes you a very good veterinarian? Yeah, I mm-hmm. remember being sensitive to it before that, but I yeah. think it all really came together right around yeah. that time. Yeah, yeah. People who work with, you know, she's an integrative veterinarian, you know. And so I imagine that's very integral kind of work that you do. That's, but a lot of people are very sensitive to energy mm-hmm. and resonance. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, which can be a two-edged mm-hmm. knife, sword. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. And often, sometimes people think that they can't, if they do something with it, they lose it. Mm-hmm. Right? As opposed to being more... Um, Open about it. Like, you know, I'll use it when I need to. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. 
Are you aware of the energy field, how big it is? Right now it's very small. I've got it completely sucked into myself. Oh, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) See, but when I sit here and resonate with that, it's like this. Do you meditate a lot? Uh, Not as much as I should, but I do have a practice. You do? Like how many hours a day? um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, might even use the time you're not sleeping at night. Um, back in 2009, I meditated. Um, I find it easier to meditate when I'm structured in a group, in a class. Yeah. I do not want to meditate when I'm by myself. I feel like I need to be doing something yeah. active. Yeah. yeah, you need the permission of the whole group mm-hmm. to not do anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. But you know, the symptoms you're, you're describing are also high arousal symptoms. You know, there are, you know, um, we do not talk about all the different ways variables uh, that are ph- physiological variables that the brain uses in the, 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 in the brain and the body that are used to vary emotions, emotional levels. No? Uh, you know, like arousal levels can be varied. Constriction, deconstriction in the tissue. Inhibition of certain organs and glands or extra facilitation of these organs and glands. These are the different switches components of an orchestra of the physiology of emotions. We didn't quite talk about it. And by the very same pieces, we also shut things down. The same thing that gives, same thing that takes away. Yeah. And, um, and some systems are focused on how muscles do that. All the body psychotherapy systems did that. Some systems are focused on how the organs do it, like in Chinese medicine. Right? Some substances are focused on the autonomic nervous system, like the somatic experiencing approach. So there are different, if you look at different um, schools, they kind of focus on different approaches, you know. So um, each facilitator says it's very layered, chronic, unlike anything they've worked with, right? So that's good. Um, And have suggested yet another modality. Right? Um, that's not good. Hmm? It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Wanting to find answers and being yeah. open to many different yeah. modalities being yeah. passed along. It would probably be better to say, I don't know. I'm sorry. Mm. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so. You're working now, no, as a veteran? Yes. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. So horses or mostly horses. Mostly horses. Yeah. So let's start. You know, we can start anywhere, right? And what I will try to do is the following. No? Um, I have a number of hypotheses that can be helpful. One is that to contact the arousal and to distribute it and diminish it. That's one thing. Away from the central nervous system. Yeah. The second thought I have is that it would probably involve fear. Mm-hmm. Right? You have nightmares. Mm-hmm. It's not so there's fear. Right? So then we might have to develop a capacity for the fear, you know, like we did developed a capacity for grief in the first demonstration. Because if it's not contained, it can keep generating arousal and alertness, then you, therefore you can't go to sleep. Yeah? That's the second, second thought that I have. So we can take one of the nightmares, you know, 
uh, or we can take your big loss that might have coincided with it, it, everything starting. You know? Um, shall we try the nightmares? One of the nightmares? Mm -hmm. uh, is there anything that's frequently occurring again and again, or does it have a theme? Yes, um, there's a frequent theme. Um, I've also had the same dream as many as 10 or 12 times in a yeah. row, off and on. Um, and it usually involves somebody who is trying, I know they're coming in to kill me. Yeah. They're trying to break in. Um, I can see this person coming. I'm trying to find a way yeah. to yeah. escape, and I yeah. go to find help. Stop. Do you notice help. arousal in your system heightening? Yes, I do. Yeah. How do you notice it? Please put your plant your legs on the floor. And are you aware of the fear too? It's not fear, but I can feel things starting to spin faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it would, no? Mm -hmm. Because when the arousal is high, it hits the brain. Mm -hmm. Then things can spin faster, right? Yeah, so it's like my jaw starts to hurt right now. I'm clenching my teeth. Yeah, so please don't. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so move the jaw a little bit. Mm. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And just looking around a bit. It, and it's not so much to look at people, but to move your neck so that the neck loosens a little bit. Mm. So, because the neck muscles can hold a lot of fear and a lot of arousal. Mm. So, yeah. My nerves are tingling all over. Mm. Like tingling, very hot tingling like that. So I'm just noticing that. So sometimes when you're sitting with a system like that, then you hold it a little bit. Mm -hmm. You try to get a sense of it. Yeah, so. so also blowing out the excess energy. It's a lot of energy. Yeah, blowing it out. And letting go of the holding in the hands. You're taking away all of my toys. No, the thing is that... <laughs> Because it, it circulates energy. We want it to, you know, it might be difficult temporarily, but it's better that the energy flows out. Right? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So just put, take my hands up like that and see. It's shaking a little bit. That is good because at least the energy is moving through. It's shaking with fear, I imagine. Yeah, because that is a very dangerous, threatening image. Somebody coming into, breaking and trying to kill you, right? Yeah, so. You know, it's just to share with you, it's not even so much fear about that situation. It's fear about not wanting to give this to you. Yeah, give? And not wanting to, to, it's fear about wanting to just hold this all in and hold yeah. it on tight. Yeah. Not let it go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Totally understandable, right? So. So just let it come out here. People can handle it. They've seen, they've seen worse. And many people are trained in somatic experiencing. They just love it. And the reason why we're doing that, I'll tell you why. When there's a lot of energy and there's a constriction, inhibition, now the energy doesn't know where to go. It can stress the heart. Right? And it doesn't, and then the sense of danger doesn't go down if the arousal is high, which then creates more fear, more arousal. It's a, you know, 
panic attacks will be a way mm -hmm. out. Have you had panic attacks? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we don't want to go there. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blow out a little bit. Can make you feel helpless, no? Yeah. 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 Again, you know, when you blow out a little bit, it keeps this area open too. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 Is it shaking in the legs too, or just in the arms? Mm -hmm. So, you see, the, the 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 you know, you have strong muscles and will, right? So uh, then that can work against you because you can hold everything in. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so, so it all washes back to the brain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There you go, coming down a bit. Yeah. yeah. Are you doing anything to calm yourself down or is it happening by itself? Mm -hmm. Actually, my mechanism for calming down is to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you leaving now? I feel like I'm leaving. Yeah, but just notice that, you know, don't leave and just notice your body. Now. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Is your brain a little calmer? Yeah, noticing that. So, you know, sometimes when you're so activated, your interoception is not very reliable. <coughs> right? Brain is highly activated. Then you have to Give them the tracking information by observation through your resonance. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, Blow, blowing out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What emotion do you feel as you do that? Is it sadness or fear? Weakness. Weakness, yeah, weakness. Yeah, sensing the weakness. Where do you feel that weakness? In your arms, legs, or? Um, more generalized, just through here, but I'll touch on it and then shut it down yeah, again. Yeah. Helplessness and weakness are really difficult for us human beings to sense and tolerate, especially when we have been put in places of helplessness and, 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 and um, you know, Weakness a lot. The breathing is getting better from my observation and my sense of things, you know, in my own breath. I'm just watching that. Um, yeah. And you would expect then this effect to what? Loosen things up down, no? So let's see whether anything is happening in the belly and the legs uh, in that direction. Legs are still tight, but I feel more relaxed through my yeah. arms. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> so move your legs a little bit to help the downward flow of energy. Yeah? So.
like migraine, no? insomnia is not difficult to treat provided it's based on some, you know, something of a singular fa feeling like fear. It's intolerable. Then you help them to tolerate that, you know. And that might change. It, you know? so. And then they can wake up at night sometimes and then they can do the process. The fear comes up. You know, when you wake up from a nightmare, the fear is right there. You teach them what to do with it. And then without it hitting the brain and making her too alert. And she can calm down and go to sleep. And so in a way, you know, it's like a, it's like a desensitization exercise. But, we, but here's the thing. Um, if you're not letting her just scream it out, we will not, um, you know, let her just feel it wherever she feels it. But to what? Actively expand the physiology. Regulate the physiology. Increase the affect and get even greater tolerance. Then the threshold level of fear where her symptom would trigger would be what? Rather high. That's the idea. So, where are you now? Um, it's a mixture between being calmer mm -hmm. but also feeling like I'm separated mm -hmm. um, and yet still kind of feeling a bit like this, mm -hmm. you know, holding, yeah. just holding things down still yeah. a little bit tight. Yeah, yeah. So there's still residual holding right? mm -hmm. and a little bit of dis, uh, distancing from yourself. Mm -hmm. That's okay. Yeah. So I'm going to have you do something now, no? Do this. Yeah. And again, slowly. Let's do it again. And actually, look at people and do that and see what happens. One more time. This helps to open this area. Yeah. But also, it's a boundary movement. Yeah, so, so also do this. It can create space around you. Yeah. Yeah. And how does your experience change? This experience is very opening. Yeah, yeah. This feels good. Yeah. And what happens when you do this now? This brings up aggression and anger. Anger. Yeah. Are you mm -hmm. familiar with that? Or mm -hmm. That's not. So it's not a productive way to go. Hmm? I'm. I, I'm not sure one way or the other. Okay. But it's not unfamiliar for it's you. It's not unfamiliar. Okay. So, so I'm, because we have limited time and. So I'm kind of making choices about which one to go with. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And where is your anger in the body? Um, it's usually just carried as tension, mm -hmm. being tight. Tight, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how you experience mm -hmm. it. Yeah, we, in a way, even that you can't fully relax into. Mm -mm. Right. So, What if you were to relax into it? Let's spend a few minutes with it. What? Just a feeling. It's a feeling, but I, even though the sensation is a familiar one, it's not familiar. I can't tap into it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that might be something to work with. Mm -hmm. So, see, when you're not feeling safe, you have to work with fear. Then you also have to work with power. Just because I have a capacity of high 
levels of fear doesn't mean that I necessarily am safe. I also need to have the polarity, power. Right? So something to think about. But I would actually go back to this nightmare that describe it a little bit. Um, recurrent theme, usually somebody trying to come into my old house. Yeah. I know take, that. Yeah, take one, one specific time you had it and just describe it. Um, same scenario. Um, a man in his 30s or 40s. Yeah, notice what happens right now in your body. What happens? Your heart rate. And I do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. take your time. Again. Just notice that. Notice that. Yeah. So I think we can go a long way by stopping and sensing your body. Mm-hmm. So we start to control these reactions before they hit the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you notice now? It helps to have the awareness. Yeah. Just to notice yeah. that. Do you notice the fear? Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. You can see it on the face. So some, what happens sometimes is that when the fear is very high, it gets what? Blocked out. Yeah, dissociated, if you want to say it. Hmm? Yeah. It's not in the awareness, even though it can be in the face. It's not, you know, it's blocked from certain parts of the brain, perhaps. So it can be, one can be aware of it. So, anyway, continue with that. Yeah. Um. Knowing that this person is coming into the house. Yeah. yeah. Notice what's happening in your legs. I can't feel them. <laughs> take, take a moment. Take a moment. Because of course you can't feel them, but take a moment to feel them. Maybe move your legs a little bit. Mm-hmm. Move your legs. No, a little bit, like the joints. Yeah, joints. Yeah, yeah. Slowly. And then notice your legs. Yeah. They're still there. <laughs> Notice what else is there. How do you know that they're there? Are they warm or cold? Are they trembling or tingling? How do you know that they're there? Mm -hmm. A little bit of tingling. Yeah. Notice the tingling. That's the... mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same sensation that you get when circulation's coming back in. Yeah, noticing that. Noticing that, yeah. 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 A lot of fear. Mm-hmm. A lot of fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of fear. Very scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Lord, it can be calming too. Mm-hmm. I would love to have something to do right now. (laughs) The thing you need to do is to look for the fear. You can look around and see whether some faces are more scary than others. In fact, it would be the demonstration would be a failure if you do not find the fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
That's called reframe. <laughs> it's paradoxical, whatever it is you guys call it. So, you know, look at the image and sense your body. It's right there in the image of the nightmare. Can be a little bit of nervousness. Do you feel nervousness anywhere? Yeah, sense that. That's the way to get it. In the belly or where is the nervousness? Hands. Hmm? Hands. Yeah, oh. sensing it there. So. Yeah. And there can be a sense of bodily <coughs> alarm. The body starts to be alarmed. Hmm? You know? So we have to find different words for it, perhaps. Mm. Yeah. And where would you say the body's alarmed? Mm. All over. All over, sensing that. Mm. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Yeah. And you can blow the alarm out a little bit. Yeah, so that you can connect to it more. Mm. Now, I'm going to suggest something, no? I, I, we can do it together. You know, the alarm is there, right? And you can express the alarm this way. You can go, Ooh. the alarm in the cells, you go, Ooh. some sound like that. Can you do that? Yeah. Yeah. If it had a voice, what kind of voice would it have? Mm -hmm. Notice that you shake your head even before thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is part of the problem. Right? Yeah. But you're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. Maybe you, you said that I'm not going to show it. I'm not going to show how helpless it makes me feel. I'm not going to let you show how terrified I am. You know? My father, he used to beat me. And so eventually I learned not to show it. But then I lost it, the fear itself. So, and when we are very scared, this is what we do. When you feel very helpless, this is what we do. I don't know whether that is the case with you. You okay? What's going on? What comes up? Let, let you let your jaw tremble if it's okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. You can say no. Mm -hmm. When you shake your head no, like a no, you can say no. Can you say that? Yeah. The more you don't speak, no? Right? The more you don't share, the more alone you're with it. And the harder it's going to be. Does it make sense? And that is why I think practitioner after practitioner has said, try something else. Because they know something that is there to be healed, they can't quite get you there. Yeah. Yeah. Are you having specific memories? 
Yeah. Oh, it's um, it's just nothingness. Hmm? Just nothing. Yeah. yeah. Something is happening. You're crying. Hmm? Something's happening. See, if you look at me, if you look at me for a moment, notice what my spine is doing. What is it doing? Oscillating. Yeah. What is your spine doing? Nothing. It's rigid. Rigid. Yeah. To allow it to do what it needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. You're fighting with yourself, right? And it's okay. Okay, just become aware of that and then things can change. Yeah, it's okay. Now I feel the tiredness. Yeah. 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 Because this conflict can exhaust you. Forget the sleeplessness. When you shake your head from side to side, is that a no? Yeah. Can you say no? Hmm? Just to yourself. Just put words to it. Huh? Is that a no to what? This is not okay. It's not okay. It's not okay. It is not okay. No. This level of suffering is not okay. Being subject to this level of suffering is not okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not. It's suffering that led to other suffering. Yeah. On, it has led to ongoing suffering. That's not okay. Make sure that your legs are planted, yeah? The energy is moving, no? So let it move. Let it move. Because the energy not only brings you the unpleasant experience, but it also brings you the strength to deal with it. So you're trying to process a lot on your own, right? And that's not productive beyond a point because, you know, we're not meant to do that, no? Mm. Yeah? 
Uh, besides, you're depriving so many people of their income, too. <laughs> what if all the animals decided to do self-care? <laughs> How would you feel? Exhausted. Beyond. Beyond. You know what that is? That's, a, that's the how stress feels. Extreme stress feels like that. Incredibly tired. It's like your, your nerves have been taken and beaten on a stone. And some. Right? Yeah. Feel it. Because when you feel it and can tolerate it to some extent, the energy can go. Wonder if there's space in that retreat up the hill. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, for you, the work is going to be with somebody else. Yeah. Anybody have a card? <laughs> See, when we're trying to do things by ourselves. Things look much bigger than they need to be. You know? You know. The monster in the closet is not such a monster when somebody goes with us. Okay. Yeah, look around a bit. And see what emotions come up as you look around. I feel tired. I feel um, I feel ashamed that I've been busting my rear end and not getting to where I feel that I should be. Yeah. Um, oh, I just. Uh, in terms of what? In terms of uh, your work? Or? Yeah, in terms of work and just uh, you know social expectations and yeah. running my own bi- multiple businesses and a non-profit and yeah. doing everything for everybody else. And yeah. Yeah. Um, little tiny twinge of hopelessness. Yeah. Frustration. Yeah. 
Yeah. There's something to look at. There's something, you know, in addition to this nightmare mm -hmm. and the fear that it generates and the alertness that it generates, I think there's something else to look at, you know, where you set up too many unachievable goals. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, for one person mm -hmm. working alone, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So. Have you tried therapy? Mm -hmm. You have, right? So what kind of different things? A couple of different modalities. I mean, gen regular, traditional, traditional talk therapy, okay. um, transformational body work. Okay. So what I would recommend, I'll give you some recommendation mm -hmm. that you can continue the work. I think I think um, I have an idea which direction you could go. But I think the, um, the uh, this nightmare, mm -hmm. uh, that's an important one to look at. I think it's, uh, because it's coming up again. Mm -hmm. So when something comes up again and again, the psyche is saying, deal with this one first. So that might be the way in. You know? And then the, the other aspect uh, having to do with uh, um, you know, commitment beyond what is humanly possible for one person, the stress that it creates, that can be looked at perhaps later. So... You can be, this can be driving that. Mm -hmm. you, know, so. you know, like people who run 40 miles a week or something, if they stop doing that, then they have anxiety attacks, mm -hmm. something like that. So. But I think it might be more, it's just the way you are. Okay. And, and it's because your dream function is active, also check to see how it is in the next few days. Mm -hmm. you let me know too. So I'll give you email, my email at the end of the. I'll write it on the board. So it also applies to you. Let me know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think the fear is going to be a bit. That what you felt as an alarm, mm -hmm. a nervousness, is a fear, and that that keeps it going. I think that keeps the insomnia in place. No? So there's no other way. Uh, and the arousal that comes very highly with it. So the key is to go for the fear itself. You know, just distributing the arousal, diminishing it is not going to do it. When there's a terror of something in there. So you might as well start with that. And track that and then track the arousal down, distribute the arousal down. Yeah? So, and I'll, I'll recommend something. Or somebody, okay. yeah. Okay. So, okay. so thank you. That thank is not you. easy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So just look around one more time. Thank you guys for holding that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Not easy. Yeah. Fearless. What time do we have? Four fifteen. Shall we take a 15-minute break and come back? Yeah? No? Or shall we go through to 5 o'clock? Is that okay? No, hold on. I'm hearing two voices. How many people need a break?
if you break. So the people who need a break, why don't you take a break and come right back? Because there were about 15 people, right? So, is that okay? Yeah. I will answer questions. Hmm? Meanwhile. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you can go back. Yeah. Yeah, bring the mic. Yeah. Because there were bound to be lots of questions. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Hello, hello. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Christie's pattern of she was starting to move from being in the fear and rigid and into exhaustion. Yeah. And then up comes a, a boat of shame. Mm-hmm. I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. Yeah. I'm too much. Yeah, I don't yeah. do enough. Yeah. The whole list. Yeah. Well, how do you see that? I see that pattern often in my clients. Yeah, as yeah. A, there's a movement, yeah. and then there's, oh, the shame. I've yeah. been seen. Yeah. See, with her, it's, I think it's an avoidance of the fear. Because that's very familiar to her. Being exhausted and and being feeling inadequate, doing more and more. So I think it just moved into a familiar territory, I think. That's my guess. Yeah. But you have to also work with that, you know. Uh, it could be helplessness. I was interpreting it as helplessness, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I think exhaustion is co- not so unconscious, right? Feeling exhausted, where is she? Where are you? Feeling exhausted is not unconscious for you, right? That's very common. So it's a familiar thing that she went to. And beating yourself up about not doing enough, feeling ashamed is not unconscious to you. Yeah, so it went into the familiar pattern. So you can only push the envelope so far. Then you let it go. And, you know, because the energy moved a, moved a bit, she at least got in touch with the fear a little bit throughout the body. You let it be and let us see what happens next. It doesn't mean that she might not feel eventually helpless, and that's that's intolerable to me. Yeah. So in the back. Yeah, and then over there. So. Yeah, after that, over here, there was somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um, you mentioned earlier that emotions look for places to be contained. Are the body looks, I mean, when the emotions arise, they look for places where they, in the physical body where they can be contained. Yeah. How do you, could you say more about that, how that really works and how, how they choose those places? And um, I don't think they look for places. The more constricted the body is, no? the less space, the, the more shut down the body is. The less space there is, even if the emotions are being generated in the body by the brain, right? That's the scientific hypothesis. Then where do you, where do you start to generate them? It's limited, right? But if it is energetic in nature, it is arising from the subtle body, it's energetics, right? Where does it get contained? It's hardly any space. Right? 
it has to what disperse or what constrict that's the thinking yeah one of the uh, one of the ways in which uh, it is thought about in india is the physical body provides a container f- for the subtle body to work its issues through right it's almost like you acquire a body in this life yeah and and um, that the subtle body can also be traumatized right traumatized or can be overwhelmed so it needs the physical body right now the physic the 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 advantage of the subtle body is that it has in superior resources for regulating the physical body so it's a two way street so to speak so one support the other one supports the other so you can think literally think of it as a container you just stretch so it can fit in more you can feel it more something like that so thank you thank you yeah you think about feeling a lot of fear no anxiety by tightening the arms notice what happens i'm just you start to feel fear and you start to tighten the arms no you can feel immediately that the fear lessens but you also feel at the same time this area is becoming quite uncomfortable the reverse happens when you open it up the fear gets bigger but what the ease is less i mean so the ease is greater so less dysregulation it doesn't mean that it's feeling like chocolate cake in here it's still fear is fear but it's like it's it has more breathing space less dysregulation associated with it one of the things you want to do when you're working with the, with the um anxiety attacks is to make sure that you reverse the uh constriction pattern in the arms and the shoulders and so on otherwise they're likely to have an anxiety attack if you work with them so yeah 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 so um in in watching that process it it brought up something for me as being a new therapist and 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 wanting to be clear about not pushing somebody into something. Yeah. And so I was w- wondering how you were detracting and determining uh for instance when the no was coming up uh w- whether that was related to no in the moment about it, and that it wasn't kind of a parallel process almost of the of being somebody breaking into the metaphorical house. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is that I'm not a Kleinian psychoanalyst who interprets everything as having to do with the me. you know it's a joke but um <laughs> but it's true no the thing is that you don't know listen therapy is an art it's a it is a it's an art it's a trial and error process and some things you know sometimes things do explode and more often than not things don't work out so you have to just learn from your it's always a you correct your course and move along right that's what you have to do right otherwise you every then you end up every decision with too much importance or risk mm-hmm. yeah so yeah yeah not you i mean you you're holding the mic okay so there's another somebody else there in the back Yeah, so I wanted to ask you mentioned the the fear and like the polar emotion would be power. Yeah. 
So by pushing the hands away, were you trying to empower her or? This one? Yeah. I was, I was using the boundary movement to open the arms, but also to bring, the, bring up the lack of safety. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily to increase the sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what we were going toward, no? So. But it didn't work very much. I don't know. It's, you know, you do that and you do that, you do different things and you finally get somewhere. Because so. mm-hmm. yeah. she mentioned anger and then... That is true, that is true, yeah. It came, it, it makes sense that it comes with the boundary movement. Anger, aggression can come up, mm-hmm. that's right, yeah. And I asked her whether that was familiar or not, remember? Yeah, so. Yeah, in the back, in the back. So we let us see how this session plays itself through. In part because she did it with a lot of support in a group. So we'll see how it, how it works its way through, yeah. So I'm not sure I'm remembering this exactly right, but the boundary movement yeah. was a little bit uncomfortable, but this movement was very much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Comfortable. Yeah, this is also a boundary movement, but it's not so threatening. It's not so interpersonal. It's more like a, just the personal space boundary around me uses the deltoid muscle group and creates a sense of safety. So I use it a lot, you know, to create sense of safety and to open up the arms at the same time, so... Yeah, it's very clear that this whole thing is around something terrifying mm-hmm. that's interpersonal. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now the Jungian would say, is that person, you know, they would go into the shadow realm too, but I'm taking it literally. Mm-hmm. I'm taking it literally because it's just scary. Something is terrifying, very terrifying, yeah. Over there and over here. Um, I have very similar uh, manifestation as she does, the insomnia, the the fear, and for me, it's it's been this like existential annihilation yeah. thing. So yeah. I feel like um, you know I call myself a dissociation artist. You know, so I feel like what about going with the dissociation? Like the theme there was somebody's trying to kill her. And so there's this, this fear of, like, yeah, I'm going to die. So in the safety of yeah. someone to go, okay, well, let's do the death. Let's go for it. Yeah. Because we're doing it anyway. The dissociation is... The, it, no, no, you have to make sure... You have to distinguish between dissociation and the fear of dying. Right? Well, it's like this... The dissociation is this, like, lifting out of the body, this sort yeah. of... It's like a... It's both fearful and safe. Like, as I've explored, yeah. I realized, ooh, there's something very comforting yeah. about the dissociation. Yeah. So that's the, the defense of comfort and safety. Yeah. And at the same time, <coughs> to walk around as a dissociated uh, being is not very functional. It's yeah. like I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm powerless yeah. in that dissociation. So yeah. it's both comforting and petrifying. Yeah. But it's not usually felt in relationships. So the whole like somatic experiencing. Let's stay in relationship. I'm going to be with you while you die. Like, what would that be like? You know, let's do death together, and see how that might. I mean, maybe that's like my own fantasy. Is maybe I'd like to die with someone. And go, oh, I didn't die. You know, I'm yeah, still here. Yeah, the thing is safe. that can you feel it hmm? in the body? Not as an abstract thing. You might start that way as an imagery. Uh huh. 
right? That's okay. But um, ultimately, the solution is going to be in, you know, in bringing the energy into the body and being able to sense and tolerate that fear. Yeah. That, that's where the, the, that's where the uh, healing is going to be, in my opinion. Well, yeah, I guess that's what I'm curious about, going with the dissociation or not, because it feels like something... Uh, no, when you say going with dissociation, if it's repetitive, that's not useful. If it's what? It's repetitive, it's not useful. You have to build the affect tolerance for the feeling that leads to the dissociation. Mm -hmm. Only then will the dissociation become redundant, right? And then you're here, more here, and then the fear is less and less. I think that's the direction. So you're saying there's something that happens prior to the dissociation? Yeah. yeah. Like the fear yeah. itself, you can't tolerate, so it leads to the checking yeah. out. Or it can be something else, some other feeling. But here, in this case, it's fear, I think it's clearly, yeah. Because mm. sometimes I feel like it's just anything that completes itself fully, when there's a fighting, like she was saying, she fights, and when you can feel the ending of the fighting, something just, it resolves in the the no more struggle with the You fighting. know, if it was so easy, I would just move and get be done with it. It's like saying, I'm stuck in the birth process, so uh -huh. I do one birth, rebirthing birth movement, I'm cured of all the things that go with it. Uh -huh. It doesn't work that way. It's a, you know, the completion of incompletion movement or the completion of incomplete psychological experience is not, I scream it out and it goes away. Sometimes it does. But very often, it is the inability to sense and tolerate that experience that's in the way of healing. Yeah? So that's one of the reasons why sometimes some of the cathartic therapies don't work for everybody beyond a point. People just scream and move and shake and bake, and uh, <laughs> then nothing changes you know, other than the shaking and baking returns. So that's because... And the underlying psychological experience, whatever that is, needs containment and in a capacity building. So the practicing of that will help transform the fear. It'll create the movement so it's not so held in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So. So, so, so sometimes what happens, and you see that in somatic experiencing, no? the model where it's based on, you know, Discharging survival energies, completing incomplete movements, right? These two things are practiced a lot, and sometimes it helps, but sometimes it doesn't. Because the, you, unless you develop the other affects that go with survival threat, develop a capacity for that, things don't shift. The physiology doesn't shift. So Sometimes it helps, sometimes it doesn't. So um, the... The basic psychological principle that you have to meet the experience, right? You have to create, digest that experience does not change. I think that's the most enduring psychological truth that I see across systems. Mm -hmm. so. Could you say that again? That if you have gone through an awful experience, you have to find a way to meet that experience and digest it. And how do you digest this is where all the differences are. Or some systems are saying you just need to cathart it out. Some people say you need to go and talk to that person about it, you know. Right? Some people say, but, you know, some people say it, you have to develop a capacity for the affects that go with that experience. Yeah? I tend to go more in that direction. You know, 
I don't think that few movements, a few uh, instances of yelling are going to do it. Right? Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people at the ACA 12-step meetings with anger. Do mm-hmm. you know this one? They have anger meetings. They help, it helps people, but if you keep repeating it, it's not going to lead anywhere. So. Yeah. No, you have it. And then, okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah, it seemed like Christy had a, a thing with you going a yeah. little bit there when yeah. she said, I don't want you to take this away from me. Yeah. And it seemed like there was some energy there. Mm-hmm. And then shortly after, I think, uh, Christy, when she first did that movement with her hands, yeah. I think this is right, Christy, uh, she did it towards you. Yeah. Do you remember? Kind of towards you. And then you kind of redirected her to do it outward. Yeah. It seemed right then that there was some juice there. Yeah. That, you know, both her statement about you can't take this from me and this, yeah. Yeah. like you had the boundaries yeah. there, but you didn't, you didn't go that way. Did you have a, a I, reason I, for that? I, th- there's not, the resistance was there all the way through. Uh-huh. And this resistance was not only in, you know, internal uh, pushing the energy away, but also in relation to the person working with her. And this is not an uncommon experience when you work with somebody who's traumatized, right? Because the transference is there right from the beginning, right? So they're going to push, fight, you know, push against you as well. And it's a matter of style when you focus on one versus the other. So because I'm doing a one-shot demonstration with her, I wanted to educate her as much as possible. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the idea. So you consciously turn the other way, not to use that transference yeah, thing. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. One I, more real quick one. Yeah. Um, uh, there was a point where you seemed like you were inviting her to move that energy into her legs. Yeah, yeah. I had this impulse of, uh, like, how about standing up with yeah. her and mo- well, having her walk too. a little bit? You can do that. It's too. just a no, style. Not, yeah. Just, yeah. As long as you're moving the leg, you know. Thank you. Yeah, have imagined like a tiger and run or a horse. Whatever it is, to get the legs to move so that it could open. Because when you're sitting there with the frozen legs, it's hard to feel empowered. Even though it feels empowering to brace. Brace feels empowering, but it's not helpful. Because the energy doesn't move down. The intensity is very much in the upper body, and that doesn't—that's not so tolerable. So, yeah, so you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm—I'm I'm curious what you have to say about working with people who are using drugs or alcohol. Mm. Can you? Can you know? Some people say you can't look, do this work. Other look, people, look, know. there are people who are actively eating, no, and they're still working with you. <laughs> so people are using different things to um, avoid, to soothe themselves, you know, out of habit, out of you know, being um, unable to tolerate the experience. Right now, drugs and alcohol make it harder. Perhaps I don't know. But um, as long as um, somebody's sincerely working on their stuff, right, then it might be okay. But that's my opinion. 
because there are others out there who will tell you no. There's a strong rule against alcohol and drugs, you know. Yeah, but uh, porn addiction is okay. Does that make sense? So, addiction to pornography is okay. I can still work with it. So you have to choose as a therapist, no? And whether you have to determine whether it's the person is continuing to progress or not. Yeah, but they, if they're coming in altered states, what do you, how do you do work with it? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the addiction to pornography. I, I have a client right now who's, I, I can say in general terms, he's about to go to federal prison yeah. for about 10 to 12 years. Yeah. And the last time I saw him, he was very upset because he's going to have lifetime probation yeah. with the monitor on his leg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just was like just beside himself, completely overwhelmed. And it didn't seem like he was able to receive anything I said. Mm-hmm. It was a very difficult situation. Can you offer anything? <laughs> <laughs> Fix it. Look, if addictions, you work with addiction as an affect intolerance problem, right? Um, and as long as it's not being generated organically somehow, you know, then you have to essentially backtrack and pause on the addiction button and then see what comes up and work you know, and start to create a capacity for those experiences. Whether it's addiction to pornography, addiction to, it's, whether it's compulsive behavior, right? Um, obsessive compulsive behavior or you know, eating disorder. Essentially ask people to pause a little bit and notice what's to, what becomes unbearable and you work with that with no immediate injunction on stopping the behavior, right? Because you can't. Then they, uh, and that way you have to slowly work with the affective substratum that's intolerable, using the body as a container to expand, yeah? Uh, otherwise, you just bring it up, and then they can't, they have no way of tolerating it, and then it might even lead to more addictive behavior. Yeah. I, I think the, the overall theme for him is that he... He just has a, yeah. he's flat out. I, I, I couldn't respond to that specific uh, oh, okay. yeah, uh, case in, in any length, right. with, with any, okay. uh, any degree of justice. But I can say what you do with, you know, uh, with addiction in general. I can, I can say, you know, this is how you work with it. You know, you have to, and you have to tell people that this is what this idea, this is what it is. Yeah, there are, and people sometimes don't know. And even if they know, you have to tell them, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to develop a capacity so that the addictive trigger it does not result in automatic behavior. Yeah? So are you willing to work with it? You have to get, get an agreement. They, you want to change that. And then you work together on it, and it will take time. Right? So, um, yeah, over here. Um, so I'm a client and I'm seeing a somatic therapist. Mm-hmm. And when you talk today about the person that's never satisfied, like I come from that family where wasn't parented very well at all. So I feel that dissatisfaction. 
is there something I can do as a client to support yeah. my therapist in winning? Because it's like just like with the woman that was up here, she clearly does not want to win that battle. She wants to surrender. You know, I clearly want to be healed and surrender because I want to be all that I'm here to be. Yeah. So, but there's that battle inside of myself yeah. where, yeah. you know, it's not to my benefit yeah. to win this this fight. You know, I have to get, I have to surrender. Yeah. It, you know, I have to say this: unconscious is always the bug, uh, fly in the ointment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> as as um, willing as I am here, I know tomorrow morning how much how resistant my psyche is. Okay, so it's not uncommon what mm -hmm. we saw. And I can easily relate to that, if not in one aspect of my life, in another aspect of my life. So I'm truly humbled, you know. So for the first thing to do is not to be judgmental about oneself. Mm. It is a difficult process, right? Mm. So what you can do in this specific instance is to really embody that dissatisfaction without taking any action on it. For example, you go to Starbucks tomorrow morning, mm. right? They don't make that uh, bone-dry cappuccino dry enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not a coffee drinker, but, no, but I get it. <laughs> so this is my perspective. See, that's another, that that response yeah. was just right there. Yeah. Like. So so something, you feel it and yeah. don't act on it. Okay. Don't try to correct it. Just feel the satisfaction, okay. you know, and just embody it. And that is the way to start to corral the horse of dissatisfaction. Mm -hmm. you, the moment I act on it, it gets stronger. Anything that, yeah. Any, any feeling that I act on gets stronger. The pattern gets reinforced mm -hmm. to that behavior. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would recommend. Thank and you. feel it viscerally mm -hmm. in the chest, in the belly. It's a visceral dissatisfaction of mm -hmm. emptiness, mm -hmm. bitterness, you know, such severe lack, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, um, like a vegan going to McDonald's. You know? The feeling they might have. Because I, I was one of those people that tried to spiritually bypass these feelings. You know, like I'm just going to God, scream, cry, shout, pray. Yeah. You know, and I, ha I have amazing connections with the ethereal world. But like when I come here and I'm just dissatisfied, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah, you know? exactly. Just feeling it. Yeah. And not attributing it to me. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> 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 Thank you. But you know what? Bypassing it spiritually is a better thing to do than making your partner's life miserable. You know? Yeah, exactly. I had one, once had a client who said, my, my, oh, he was the best birthday party ever my husband gave me. And it was so great. And even my kindergarten friends were flown across the country. It was a sort of surprise party, catered by Wolfgang Puck, things like that. And I said, okay, how was it? He says, well. I said, what? She said, I don't think that he really meant it. You see the thing? Yeah. So. Yeah. When and how would you generate aspects to, to invite the client to generate feelings of safety in their body, self-compassion, self-love, yes. the visceral sensations of yes. self-love in their body? Yeah. It would depend on the client, not on the stage of the therapy. Yeah. 
if that is seen lacking, you know, I might even send them to a meditation retreat on practicing loving kindness. Right? Because loving kindness is not automatic just because you've worked with your hate. Right? One working with one feeling is not a guarantee other 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 things. If I work through all my misery, bliss doesn't come, no? It has to be also practiced, like he was saying. So Depend, depends on where the client is, what the symptoms are. Right? So. Okay, over there. Yeah. Let me check the time. I need a little bit of time to do a closure here. So. Yeah. I'm thinking about the three levels, and um, I have a teenager that I'm working with who reports her skin feels like it's on fire unless she has a lot of layers on. Yeah. And um, I've done a lot with helping her feel more comfortable. But what Any neuro... Have you, have you had to check herself? Neuro- yeah, I mean, she was referred by a doctor. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. So, you know, we have to look for some connection to a psychological work. Where is... Uh, what is her affect... You know, what affects... What psychological conditions... Are unbearable to her. That might be the way to go. You know, and it could it could be dysregulation from that. But what uh, what kind of dysregulation is it? A severe dysregulation, severe stress? We don't know. But you have to start somewhere to see the connection. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, yeah. You're thinking about the level of levels of the body, no? I couldn't. I couldn't comment on it without, you know. Just immune. Hmm? Just immune system. Yeah. So could, cannot really. But the thing is, he's talking about where to start the work. I would, you know, in this case, having ruled out physical causes, I would. If you're going in the psychological direction, I would then start with something and see how the body is responding to that that affect difficulty, you know, and see how this comes up. Hmm? So. Okay. So shall we just, you know, summarize a little bit? Yeah. So we started with the claim hmm, that um, we can find simple, uh, simple ways and interventions to bring the dimensions of body, energy, and uh, awareness into psychological work to make it more efficient. Yeah. And... Uh, we said that we would try to demonstrate it in the context of affect, um, uh, uh, affect tolerance, because this, which is often what needs to happen. Not always. We're not saying it happens always. Um, nobody can claim that one thing works all the time. But we're looking at something that's big and central to psychological work, affect. And in order to then... Use the body, use energy, etc. Um, we 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 have to relate it to the physiology. So we said, let's look at it. And all the emotions are created through the body, right? Through the physiology. Um, and even if they're created in the energy field, they have to be what dealt with in the physical realm as the physiology stimulated. And we're going to look at different levels of feelings or affects, you know the primary and the tertiary and the combination of the two, 
and it can involve what? States of extreme state, extreme dysregulation and stress. Some of it can be <coughs> in the realm of post-traumatic stress disorder. And we said that we can, um, we need to make it simple. So we said, let's look at the body in layers, right? Three layers. And we talked about how things tend to go inward in terms of inhibition with respect to increasing overwhelming overwhelm in the experience and then how to find a way to what? Work with it to open uh, the output flows and the bilateral flows in the nervous system and, and the cardiovascular system. It's easy to explain to clients. Yeah? And, and not in the way the terms that are used. I get, get it, you know. Um, and then we said, you know, also what happens to energy? Hmm? Subtle body, it tends to constrict. Hmm. Another thing that can happen to the energy body, which I did not mention, is it fragments. Some clients come in with <coughs> fragmented energy field. They come in and the whole room is filled with energy. Right? It's more overwhelmed that they've experienced, which we didn't talk about. But very often it goes toward the core. You open the physical body, you create capacity relationally, you know, edu- through education, mirroring, and so on. All the things that you do psychotherapeutically. In context, that's psychological. And then you start to locate the emotions in the body, different levels of emotions in the body, and then what? Tracking different levels, including dysregulation and stress, you're regulating. And a way to regulate it is by what? Following the flows outward. Yeah? Not necessarily to get rid of it, but to balance it out. And sometimes to get rid of it, to discharge, but not all the time. So to minimize the dysregulation while you develop capacity for those feelings. And, and, um, and that can lead to greater what? Capacity in the body and greater capacity in the body for energy, which can bring more healing to itself and to the physical body. And this is what we try to demonstrate in the two um, demonstrations we did today. Um, um, didn't get to cover a lot, but we covered, I hope, enough to give you a sense of how things can be helpful. Yeah, And I hope that you've gotten at least one or two things you can apply. Yeah, And if you can apply one or two things in your, in your practice, that would be, I would, I would be very glad. Yeah, and, um, and those of you interested in the training with us, um, you can actually get the, take the flyer, you can actually sign up online. So you have the information there. Uh, any, um, thank you very much for coming. I, I love coming here. Thank you. And thank you. And um, I want to thank Spirit Rock and Sean and company. Hmm? Wow. Michelle, where's Michelle? Sean. Michelle, and, and the rest of the crew, you know, I don't know them all by name. Thank you very much. You had something to say? Yeah. Please uh, don't forget to sign out at the CD table. And we also found a ring if anyone's missing a ring. Oh, that's good. And I'll be here for, I'll be here if you have any questions, you can meet me and, and talk to me. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Yeah? Thank you. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.